BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give him life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop his six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in. This on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Bang. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd. And here with me, I have Rich Lotta. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Just, uh, you know, li- living a life out here free, unlike R. Kelly, uh, who may be in prison for a very long time, hopefully. So, uh, so with you, James. Not much. I Are we doing this this week? Are we doing no. this? Okay. Okay. All right. We're, we're not going to do it, but uh, I will be back with something special, perhaps. Oh, man. This man is to Not necessarily dance on someone's grave because he ain't dead yet, but. Might as well be. I, I, I don't know how to respond to you, man. Like, you really started the podcast off with that? Yes. All right. All right. Whatever, man. Like, whatever, man. I guess whenever you get Dark Kelly, you'll get Dark Kelly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got plenty of time. So does he. <laughs> he has pl- he's going to have plenty of time. He's going to have a lot of time. Some would say that he should have had, he should have a lot more time. Or he should have had time before this, but... Um, and I definitely agree with that part, but you know, eventually, eventually it got him. Like, I'm not a person that believes in karma, but, um, this, this, this particular instance, like, I don't want to say what goes around, came around, but that bill did come due. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, so 
<laughs> we, we we came to talk to y'all about the five star Grand Prix final, a great show, one of the best shows of the year. The <laughs> the WWE Extreme Rules pay per view, absolutely not <laughs> one of the best shows of the year. Uh, and also Rampage was also just kind of there, but um, I guess we just go through. Uh, if there's anything else that come up, we'll, we'll get to it. But um, I guess we start with uh, the stuff that pays the bills. So we'll go to the American stuff, the Amherst. Uh Let's go to Extreme Rules 2021. Um, a, a Extreme Rules pay-per-view that had one match that was extreme of any circumstance. It was anything besides a standard tag match or a singles match. Um, this show in general... Um, was a show that had just okay their wrestling for the most part all night with some small exceptions like when it ended up um, like the last few minutes of the Balor in Roman match outside of the, the nonsense with uh, <laughs> Finn Balor I hear crumping like he Chris Brown waking up in, in the uh, Run It video <laughs> whoop, whoop. like he just he just I don't know what that was. I'm not going to speak on that. Uh, you also had Montez Ford hitting the flip dive with the bad ribs uh, in storyline um, over the top turnbuckle into the corner um, onto the Usos uh, before he got finished off. That was also a hot moment of the, man, of the show. Um, but yeah, like just in general, and also like really the best match bell to bell was Becky Lynch and, and Bianca Belair. Um it was really good to see Becky back. And it was really good to see that she still is like, she still can wrestle. Um, so wrestle, wrestle really well. So that was cool. Um, disappointed about the finish, obviously. So let's go through it, man. Like I just, let's, let's get your general thoughts on it. Um, so I didn't really catch too much of the show. Um, I caught the main event, of course. And, um, I watched Alexa Bliss and, um, uh, Charlotte. Um, it's not saw, good. It's not good that you were struggling for, to remember that it was Charlotte was a champion after her like 14th reign. Yeah, uh, it, it's funny how that works. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I saw a lot of discourse and fallout today. Uh, I, I guess that you know the Usos may have had like a 3.75 star match that got people fired up or something. So I don't know. They had a what? Um, I, I, you know, I was looking at the cage match and it was like all this for like a seven. Like a match with a seven in front of it, I was like, okay. What match you got a seven? Uh, Usos versus the Street Profits, I think. That, that got a seven on the cage match. I have to check again, but earlier no it was it was in the sevens or whatever. I'm like, man. So like, it was a whole once again the Usos and the Young Bucks thing like broke out, and you know I find it comical um, at this point, but. Like you know, I I couldn't imagine being so charged up by like a three and three quarters match. I'm if looking. That. I'm looking at these uh, at these cage match grades, and I am like, I I'm almost feel like when I talk about Dave Meltzer like overrating uh, AEW matches by like half a star off or uh, like with some regularity. Like that's what I'm looking at here. I'm like. I didn't see no um no four three and a half star matches on um on AEW Extreme Rules. I just I just didn't I, I did um I'm sorry like nah but you know the, like the, a lot of matches were like some you know three star level stuff like three flat that kind of stuff three and a quarter like I think the best like I think the second best match in the car was probably um the Sheamus three way with mm-hmm. uh Priest and 
Jeff Hardy, uh, and that was had some moments where of like little small, small slappiness, but like overall, like they move fast, they hit each other, they had some really cool uh, combination offense between all three in the ring. Um, but yeah, like I, you know, the Usos, like I did not, I did not see a great match from them um, last night. I did not. Yeah. Um, then, like you know, the whole thing with Roman Reigns and the Demon, pure comedy, blew up Twitter. I, I was watching the five star Grand Prix. Thank you for that uh, recommendation. Watching that live instead of uh, Extreme Rules. <laughs> so yeah, on Sunday, yeah. So I was um, just seeing my phone blow up, uh, seeing Balor fall off the top rope. He's on the ground, um, hunching the ground, and uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what he's doing. Like I just pure goofiness. The the demon. If I never saw the demon again. You'd be okay. I would not give a fuck. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, and it looked goofy from the entrance to like how he started locking up and moving around the ring. And it was just like, this is such a cartoon, literally. Um, it, w- it, it, it just feels completely past its sell date. Um, of course, the way that WWE presents it, no interest really. Um, the the thing where he's revived by the music is just like absurd. And then why, why does he like like lose power if he by falling off the ropes? Like yeah, the, the music turned off like yeah. immediately. Like it was like it was like someone DJ scratched the thing and yeah. then like it all fell. And I was like, they planned to do this. Yeah, like that's what they chose to do. What? <laughs> <laughs> like I don't understand. Yeah. Like how this was supposed to protect him. No, this man is a geek. Like you murdered his gimmick. I don't ever want to see it again. Um, they. I never want to see it again in WWE. Yeah, they told me all these years. Yeah, the demon. Like it, it never made sense for him not to be the demon in like a title match. So they're like, all right, bring out the demon now. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then like, why are they acting like they can't just beat him? Like, right. You know um, you're not going with him. Right. Like, or you could just not because you know you're not or going book with it. him. Don't not book, book the fuck, Right. Don't book the fucking match. Um, so they did a they did have Balor explain why he has not used the, the demon in a long time. Um he did a promo that they played during the video package for the main event where he said, like, I don't choose the demon, the the demon chooses me. So it's almost like some like obviously <clears throat> I don't want to really go through the comic book stuff. Just real quick, real quick. Sorry, Rich, for your eyes glaze over. In Spider Man, there is a villain that turned into a that got so popular they turned him into a antihero named Venom. He's a uh, Venom is an alien that came from outer space and is a parasite type of thing. Um, it basically ta- attached on a Spider Man. It gave him an all black suit. It was one of those popular looking suits. Spider Man has a bunch of different suits besides the black and or sorry, besides the red and blue one you've seen. Anyway, they made a storyline where it was making him do evil things, and it was like, and it was basically pretend. It it was basically fucking with his mind. He didn't know it was actually a sentient thing. It, he just thought it was a suit, an alien. He thought it was like some alien technology. So uh-huh. eventually, he realizes like it's fucking, it's fucking up his life and his behavior. He gets he's he's able to purge it through sonics, through sound and fire. He used sound that time to get rid of it, and then the parasite was in love with him because it was a whole, because it was a parasite living off of him. So he chose somebody that 
that part that Peter Parker Spider Man knew, and then uses him to try to fucking murder him, like in the eighties. Like that's that's the gist of, of Venom. He got so popular they couldn't make him a, uh, a villain. They made him an anti hero. He moved to San Francisco. He's protector of San Francisco. That's the that's the that's slow the slow or the um that is the most condensed I can make that. Anyway. I'm not going to get into Carnage. They're all saying that, well, he's not really Venomese Carnage. Fuck that. Not going into Carnage with Rich. Not doing it. Not doing it. Basically, Rich, uh, so playing off of the parasite demon or the parasite alien thing of I choose my, who I, who's my host. The host doesn't choose me. That, so it's like, it's a play on that to an extent without actually getting sued by Marvel for copyright infringement. And also, you get to play on the supernatural element of making it more than just body paint that Vince loves to do and is always done with the demon instead of just making it war paint like he was in New Japan or NXT. Um, this is a cool visual to make you hyped up for this match. So, the thing. We'll start here Roman Reigns versus, yeah. versus the demon. It's a, it's a good match in like, you know, he's on top and he has, he's going to finish him off and then the Usos show up, which is like, yeah, the match was going to end until the Usos show up. It's in extreme rules. Like the Usos interfere in like two thirds of all of Roman Reigns' matches for the, for the belt. So yeah, they yank him out. There's already a table out. Um, early in the match, like Roman was playing with the crowd about like pulling out a table, putting it back, fucking with the crowd about because they wanted tables all night because the stream rules and there was no that was the only stream rules match. And then like first half of the match, he's keeping it away, which is like this psychology. So, um, the Usos are going to put battle through a table. He thwarts them, and then um, that gave Roman enough time to spear Finn Balor through um, the scorekeeper's area. And everybody's down. All four members that were involved in the wrestling match are down now. And so then all of a sudden, and now you said earlier that like the music played and that's what made him defibrillated. I think what they were going for was he's defibrillate or the, the, the demon is defibrillating Finn cause he's dead. And they use the music as a, as a key for the fans in the crowd. Um, so I, so I'm giving it a pass. Like, I wouldn't have done it, but I, I I see what they were going for. So, but like that is like so. F- I don't find that to be a bad thing. But even if it were, that's so far down the list of things they fucked up from this point going after this after that point in the match. So, right. Balor wakes up. Red light, the red fiend light cuts, or the red cane slash fiend light comes on. He starts wrecking shop. He's like, and then his music starts playing after the heartbeat, and it's like, you know, uh, I think Brian Alvarez made the joke that it's like New Jack, which I, I I popped when he said that, but uh, I didn't think of it at all. But like, it kind of is. But like, I'm thinking like, oh, he just kicking his ass, and like we've in like, I was like, how the hell is he gonna lose? Now I was thinking that how he's gonna lose, and then he he's about he got Roman laid out again and has him uh on the mat in Balor gets up on the top rope and throughout the match, you can see like smoke coming uh-huh. out the ring. You could never f- figure out for the life of you why the smoke's coming from the ring. And then he gets the top rope and then there's a bunch of smoke. And, and it's such a, so much what you can't even see, get the shot of what the hell is going on. But you just Snoop know that Dogg Balor's was up front there. row. Huh? You know? Snoop Dogg was front row. I guess so. Willie Nelson too. Yeah. Um, so he, he's up there. And it was almost like, in retrospect, looking at it, it was almost like when 
Vince told Mustafa Ali to go up at Money in the Bank and climb it and just sat there and don't move. Because he would just get, he would got up and he was there for like, it felt like 10 seconds of awkwardness. Yeah. And then, because you can't see him, like you see his feet on the top rope. Because all the smoke is covering his body. And then you see the shit, him, like, the rope collapses, he falls down. And I was like, oh my God, they big show, Brock Lesnar rigged this thing to collapse on him. So he, they zoom in on him, he's selling his leg. And I'm like, but wait, he just, the, the demon just defibrillated him. Fix his fucking leg. You can't say there's no precedent for this in, in WWE. I saw, I saw Demon Kane snap his leg back in fucking place after, after, um, he got pilmonized by Seth Rollins a couple years ago. Just, just put the shit back together. Right? No memory of no. this. Oh, I remember. Remember, um, this is right before Seth tours ACL. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nothing. The only thing I remember is like the arm. Corporate Kane. I don't know why I'm going back on this, but Corporate Kane was getting title shots because Seth was getting jealous of him. And there was one, there was a, got to a point to where like, during some beatdown or whatever else with J&J security, the belt got out of Seth's possession. Kane picked up the belt, Corporate Kane picked up the belt and handed it off to, went to hand it to Seth. Seth freaked out because Seth was being, Seth being paranoid that Kane was trying to get a title shot or take the belt from him. They whooped his ass and then they pilmonized him. So they put him in the, um, they put him in the ambulance after that post match after the beatdown, and they went to take him off with a broken leg. And the next thing you know, the the am, am, sorry, the ambulance is going to the uh, medical emergency center or whatever the fuck they call it um, instead of hospital, and it goes up like halfway out of the arena, and then it stops on its track. And all of a sudden, like the the back panels bright or go bright red. He opens it. I think smoke. I think the crack smoke as he uh, comes out, billows out as he opens it. And Kane is in the shit. He's in his gimmick. All of a sudden, he has the mask on and he starts limping back into the arena while Seth is being, you know, it's like it's like an end of the show beat down. It's all like some long fifteen minute thing. So as he, you know, Seth is talking shit as as it's happening. He's getting hauled off, and then Kane is, you know, in the mask trying to walk back. And he's limping, and all of a sudden he says, "Fuck this!" And he literally stomps his foot into the into the concrete. And you hear the effect of a of a bone breaking, like he snapped him back into place. And then he came out and attacked maybe, and laid out Seth at the end. Of maybe it. maybe Balor's a different form of demon that he doesn't have that, that ability. If you he know. can defibrillate his heart, he can he can uh, inject uh, the spike to where that man doesn't can't even have to acknowledge what happened to his knee. But he sat there, grabbed his knee, got up, got speared, and got sent the fuck home. And then before he even got off air, they couldn't even say about damn he got you know it's a malfunction or whatever else from the ring. Like this dude, if this was a shoot fight or whatever else would be obviously this be ruled a no contest and it'd be another match or whatever else or or he is or he was caught some babe he was shot some bail so he's doing another title shot. They said no. Oh shit, that's crazy how that man lost. It had nothing to do with Roman Reigns or even getting screwed for a title shot. Huh? Damn, that's crazy. Anyway, Brock Lesnar, uh, Saudi Arabia versus Roman. Run it. Holla at y'all. We all, you know, we go to uh, oh. Riyadh or wherever else in uh, Saudi Arabia. They completely just they, they gave Killed him bail him. and then completely acknowledged him like as if he was a geek. I was like, God bro, damn, bro. Was I awful. was watching this man fall off the top rope over and over and over and over and i couldn't stop watching it and every time it was like one of those visceral laughs and i knew it was coming every time and then it was just like snap and i was just like (laughs) like wow 
embarrassing. Um, they chose to do this. Never forget this, people. Um, this is uh, this is the very terrible WWE stuff. Like, very, oh, okay. This is this is like this is like really really bad. Like Twitter was like there were, there was clout to be had off off them jokes uh, last night. Yeah, I mean there was nothing. Like one, the part that's really frustrating is like. The last two matches were the only matches that, like, someone can say, like, in a traditional sense were, like, really good, classy WWE matches, right? Um, whether it was the um, the Bianca and ba- Bailey, uh, Becky match or the main event, right? Because of the stream rules, you know, there's a lot of gimmick matches, main events, pay-per-view matches in WWE history. And this was, like, it got cooking. It legitimately got cooking towards the end. And then that happened, and just, like, so what do we actually watch here today? Like, it's like why did like why did this happen? Like, like um, I know that the Saudi Arabia pay per view is supposed to be like the real big pay per view for this month or this time of the year, but if you're gonna put it on, you may as well fucking entertain us with some really good wrestling, right? <laughs> like, I wouldn't say that the wrestling was bad, but I wouldn't say it was good either for three hours. So, so we got a couple questions. Um, so Mazza says, um, when is the demon going to be under the power of Alexa Bliss? I don't Hopefully. know, but isn't it like 3.30 over there? Mazza never sleeps. Um, I can relate. Yeah. Zach says, uh, with all this Finn Balor demon lore, have we returned to the new generation? Well, I'll tell you uh, everything WWE's uh, doing right now is designed to go back to like 1995 right now. If you look at NXT 2.0 and all this stuff with the big guys that they want and um, no independence and uh, so you know, do they realize that like lots of talking do they realize like squashes so, like, New Generation, like, has some really good things, but, like, generally speaking, as far as them being able to, you know, draw a od- larger audience or whatever else, they really struggled with that, and the only thing that really, the only thing that saved them was, like, The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, like, I, I think this is completely lost on them, because, like, whenever's, whenever times are tough, they're always turning the clock back. They're never looking forward trying right, to figure it but- out. Like, do they realize that, like, there ain't going to be no other fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin or Rock to come save them this time? That, I guess is where I was getting at. I, I don't think they've, they've they've figured this out. They haven't done the math that, like, they're not going to get two, the two biggest stars in the last 30 years in pro, in pro wrestling? Look, no? W- okay. WWE is no longer a star-driven product. This is a True. TV content Goliath. Like, yeah. they can put me and you out there. Like, <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna talk to be on. Look, uh, somebody would defend us, James. Someone would defend us. Uh, that's not the point. I, I didn't. I didn't say that there won't be people that wouldn't defend us. I just saying like, I don't know if I'd be good enough to be on uh, national uh, live national television. Nah. Yeah. Not yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, I'm not good enough to be on Twitch to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we try some new shit. You know, um, but yeah. Um, we we might be uh you know in a new generation you never know um, maybe oh, next match said, I guess WWE needs oh. more TL Hopper um and uh, Shargil says it's a nostalgia driven product now uh yeah uh, brought the next uh, main event is Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns and they've been running that one for years now <laughs> yeah yeah it's been like it's been 
it's Six been that way for a first decade. It, like it's been a nostalgia product for like a decade. Like we're talking like WrestleMania 29 overrun with like motherfuckers coming back. 28 uh, motherfuckers coming back. Um, Rich, they brought back Be- Bret Hart in 2010. Yeah, to wrestle. Yes. So it's been yeah longer than a decade. Yeah. Like and if if you want to say Bret don't count, then like all right, go to WrestleMania uh, 28 for for yeah, the main event is Rock versus Cena. And then Jericho comes back for CM Punk. Yep. And then the end of an era with uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels, a special guest ref, and, and The Undertaker. Like, so yeah. We're about a decade into bringing back people for, for, for shows. Like, yeah. Definitely and, and, surviving and, off and, nostalgia. Definitely. Yeah. Like, the and you would think this is, this is their advantage. Like, the legacy stuff. Like, them having the time slots that they've had for years and years and years mm-hmm. like especially like when it comes to raw so yep. like for aw even being striking distance <laughs> raw is a huge accomplishment so uh, it's it isn't a customer isn't really more of an indictment to wwe just like running off everybody i mean it makes wwe look like they're not as ahead of everyone else as they thought to to like advertise and stuff but like i just i just mean like me personally like I don't know how you watch how someone is not like let's say a new wrestling fan um, and they just decide to start watching wrestling and they tune in for Dynamite and then they tune in for Smackdown and then they tune in for Rampage and they tune in for Raw and then they come to conclusion after like three hours a week of Dynam- or Dynamite and, and Rampage and then after the five hours of Raw and Smackdown they come to conclusion they're like yeah like it's WWE's like WWE's really ran or ran as well as a AEW, like I, 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 I fathom the thing how you can even come to that conclusion. Like everything, everything is a um, is a snow globe getting shaken up every three weeks. Mm-hmm. Like nothing, nothing makes sense. Nothing like the wins and losses really ever matter. Like and then even how you get the wins and losses don't even like pay off. Like what happens? Like we'll get to, we'll get to it in the opener of this, but like Bobby Lashley got him. Like got pinned by Big E, and then after Bobby Lashley got pinned by Big E to lose the title, and he gets a rematch. And then they did a DQ, and then he got another match after. So, which I don't know if it's this happened. happened to, you talking about today this happened? Yes, of course. So, like, okay. there's a cage hanging over the ring. So they did a DQ in the opener, and then ran it back. We send you out there twice, like. Bro, like when they get their mind set on like approaching these shows a certain way, like it just it all defaults to that. It's like, well, what are we gonna do next week that gets cut off in the first segment that we do at the end of the show? It's like they just completely change their philosophy, like based on the remember, day. Remember when they uh, what year was it when they kept like restarting matches so they wouldn't go to commercial break or go through yes. commercial breaks? Remember that? Yes, yes. Yes, uh, the JML says it's both in regards to like uh, the uh, AW b- it being impressive and then um, the nostalgia. That's thing. that's true. I was more I was more making a point of saying like I think one is more of WWE is like it as a TV show is a mess to watch than AEW is like some transcendent television. I don't believe that there's any professional wrestling that is actually like some you know. Um, the best pro- best TV in the world, like you know, of the year. I just don't Hold think on. that in general. So Muzza just put something in the comments. Ronda Rousey announces the birth of her daughter, La Akia 
Makapuakalanipo Brown. This Excuse is me? one. Yes. Um, I mean, look, you can name it. You can name a child whatever you want to. Uh, I don't get it. It ain't uh, for you to get. <laughs> like I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Let's see. Uh, well, you know they say Rhonda's like you know, you know Rhonda's like of the culture. So maybe this is her of, tapping into the roots of what cult that she's. Well, goddamn, you finna start that bullshit. <laughs> like, was, uh, I'm trying to find. Like, do you send me it? Because I, I want to see the name. Okay, I will take a snippet and send this to you because it okay. looks so quite right, let's get difficult. To, yeah, let's get to okay. the, the the rest of the show. Um, the semi main event: Be- Be- uh, Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair for the SmackDown Women's Title. Um. Becky comes out, her hair, I don't know what she was going for. Maybe it's some cosplay thing. I I, I didn't get it, but um, she basically came out like a white version of her, the man gear from WrestleMania 35. I thought it looked cool. Um, and I Bianca saw, came out it. with, and Bianca came I, out with, sorry? I wasn't feeling it. I saw it. I was like, uh, and, and you're supposed to be a heel now. I'm like, you need to be in all black. Like, quit playing. Wait, so, wait. But the thing is, it's a play on the. It's like Jay White when he comes out wearing all white. It's like you're a heel wearing all white. Like that's the that's the heat. Um, mm. and plus, like when she was a baby face, she wore all black. So it's like, what are you gonna come out wear all black again? Like that's gonna fuck around and do like the opposite of what you wanted to do. He's gonna remind you of when she was the man. So it's like, you gotta kind of invert it, I guess. Uh, better, better times, more over. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously it was a mistake to bring her back as a heel, but we're we're past that now. Just like you know, just like Jay Z thinks we're past kneeling, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man, I love when people catch random drive-bys. On the only, <laughs> the, yeah, the only. T- <laughs> Remember the um the off that song from Blueprint Three? Yes. Like can he like do a remix version of that where he's like the only time I'm work only time I'm uh working past his I'm past rims and I'm past kneeling like yes <laughs> just, like, what are you doing Jay Z uh the Jigga man anyway uh so Bianca comes out she has more great gear it was like green and um purple and black and it just looked really cool and um. So they're wrestling, and most of the match is based around Becky is a better technical wrestler, Bianca is a better athlete in um, powerhouse, and it's a, more of a mix of that. And they end up in uh, certain situations where, like, Bianca's powering out of submission moves or out, out of certain holds, or, and she just looks like just a great athlete. And I thought her and Becky did a really good job, and it reminds me almost like of the WrestleMania match with Bianca, where like. They're really good at showcasing how like special Bianca is as a as a um, as a superhero, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, so by the end of the match, um, they told a really good story. And by the end of the match, like Bianca has her up for the KOD, and this is like seventeen minutes of the match. And then like out of nowhere, Sasha runs out for the DQ, and she beats up Bianca. Uh, Becky's like, "Oh, well, I know you got smoke with from her from." SummerSlam, so she puts the thumbs up. She's like, you know, trying to like, hey, remember when we were, you know, we were best buds in NXT? Remember that? Like, hey, like, yeah, like, I know, you know, I have the belt that y'all are about to fight over. Let me just, you know, sneak up out of here. And then Bianca, and then uh, Sasha laid her out. And then Bianca got up. And then uh, Sasha laid her out again. 
and it looks like we're in some three or some triple threat uh, type of situation for the belt. Like I think loser uh, ends up on Raw. Uh, so um, yeah, I I I was really I was really upset at the finish because it's like one that is the finish that you knew that was going to happen or not with Sasha particularly, but you knew they wanted to find a way to get out of beating either one of them after what happened at SummerSlam. And it's like, yo, like stop booking matches that you are, that you are scared to death of beating either one of them. Stop doing it. And don't, and if you're going to do it, don't make it go 17 fucking minutes. Yeah, man. Um, this thing's a, uh, this is the, this is a wreck and this is carrying over from SummerSlam. Like, yeah, they had to break the glass in case of emergency for Becky Lynch there decided to add a bunch of stuff in the gumbo that didn't need to be here. And this is how we end up where we're at now. Um, like you said, they're booking matches with no intention of actually, uh, you know, beating someone. Rich, they're, they're wasting real, real quick. They're giving you matches that they're building that for, to draw your interest for you to watch them. And then to, and then as a reward for, you tuning in and spending your hard-earned money to watch uh, their particular show, they decide to either kick the can down the road or to actually just not even give you any reward for you watching or spending your time on their product at all. Right. Um, You're a mark. Yeah. Like, and, and this is why I think they're going to fall behind. Like, And I, I'm looking at it like, you know the DQs and like, you're wasting all this TV time. You embarrass Bianca in her hometown. Uh, the other week you do all this other shit and you come to the pay-per-view and this is what you have laid out. And then you're adding Sasha Banks and, and the character stuff gets even more confusing. Um, triple threat matches suck typically because it's just like some two person in one person out. In WWE. Then, Cause it would get yeah. too formulaic. Yeah. Yeah, um, it just like we, we seen the last time Becky Lynch was involved in a th- in a three way match that didn't uh, exactly go too well, did it? So um, I don't know, man. Like Becky seems like there's nothing to her anymore. She's just another wrestler. Bianca's caught up in the in the crossfire here. <clears throat> She'll end up just another wrestler, and then uh we'll be right back to whenever bailey comes back i think all the the newer women are getting shoved aside and then they'll i this would probably be a good thing i think you would like it a lot that they'll do like um the four horse women at wrestlemania in a fatal four way and then figure something out but why would they do that uh, who knows? Like <laughs> well i'm i'm just saying like as far between fox and uh USA Network, like, there's no way that one of them is going to get all four of them on the same show. Yeah. yeah. Like, so, seriously, put put all of them on Raw. What is SmackDown going to do? Beyond it would be who? rough. It would be rough. Like, they'd have to trade Rhea Ripley over there, really push her for real, and try to figure it out. And Asuka, and... Alexa? Alexa, yeah. And... You know, SmackDown, they don't really commit that much time to, to the women anyway. So it's, they could get away with it. I, I'm just, I I don't know how they could get away. I don't know how to get away with either either one of them. Like, you know, obviously they. Easy. They, put the belt on Asuka and then don't do shit with her. Like, <laughs> that's that's always the cheat code. No, to but get out of jail like, card. No, okay, so these companies are 
networks, whatever else, like they have see people when they're picking the roster being, and they're talking like, hey, like I'm sure, like when they look at their um, their demo sheet for stuff and look at women, they're not going to be like, hey, let all of the horsewomen, like let four of your t- of your five or six biggest stars in one division all end up together. I don't think yeah. that I don't think like why. You know, we're just thinking like fantasy draft purposes. Like that would never happen. Yeah, we'll see. Um, that's that's my long term prediction. But yeah, like the the whole triple threat thing sucks, and DQ suck, and making people watch pay per views for disqualification sucks. Like, hey, Rich. So also another thing, if they did that, that'd be just them copying NXT, right? Again, right? What? Horseman for the fatal four way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They did that in like what? 2015. 2015, 14, 14, 14. Yeah. 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 Um That's where Sasha no, won the belt. It was 15 actually. Um you Sure? That's where yes. Sasha won the belt. Yeah. It, it okay. was 15. Okay. But yeah, like only WWE would do this. Like if Britt Baker hey. and Stalliner went to a DQ on, on on All Out, that that great show, that right, that all time show we saw, like people would have fucking like lost their minds at, at that, and they would have been like correct because obviously DQs don't don't fly, and this is the way wrestling should be fucking booked, like a winner and a loser. But here we got to do all the fuck shit to extend it out or whatever. Like, and don't they have like some tournament coming or some shit? Like it's like Queen of the Ring or something. I've heard people float in, that in, out, but I don't know how much validity like, there is because to there's that. a Saudi Arabia show. Like they're gonna do this, and then the finals are gonna be at Saudi Arabia or some shit. So I, I don't know. know. Like, I, I heard something about it happening, but I haven't. You know, I I haven't really heard for sure if that was just speculation or if that was actually like really like planned to actually happen. Because like. And even if it was planned to happen, that don't mean it's actually going to happen. Hell, they right. can tell you that they can tell you Sasha Banks will be at fucking SummerSlam and then she won't be. So, in the title um, match, so whatever. Maza says someone on Twitter showed a, a graphic that WWE this year has sixty-eight DQ countout double knockout finishes this year. AEW has had two. Wow, man! Wow. Like in. Like earlier this year, they were doing them with Rhea Ripley and Charlotte just to stretch it out, and we're back here again. Yeah. Oh, man. So, next match uh, before that is uh, Damian Priest for the or the triple threat for the United States title. Damian Priest versus Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus. Uh, a match I, I liked. Um, there were some parts where, um, in general, there was like a weird thing where Damian Priest ended up he was on the apron. He slipped off the apron. He was supposed to like try to either put Jeff Hardy in a choke, or he was going to do the uh, like the like a imitation of the Sheamus like clubs over the chest. Uh, but outside of that, like it moved it moved well with three people. Um, Jeff Hardy was super over. He was over as if like he was somebody from the Attitude Era. Um, you know, the Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy. I don't know what's gonna happen, but he's always gonna be over wherever he goes. I don't know what it is about him, but he's just always over. People really like that dude. Um. So, but anyway, like there was some really. They cool always like Jeff Hardy, but like I don't know, like yeah, like he got some some connection with him. Yeah. Hey, I mean that's the name of the game. Like inherently likable. That is the point of like pushing baby faces that are inherently likable. It's like people already like them. 
all you gotta do is do a little bit more and boom you're there but like when you pick and choose and you don't give a fuck what the fans want this this is what you get as a professional wrestling company. So Josh um, Hardy, man, he he's he's skating on on everything. He ain't reliable. I, look, I'm not saying he he's reliable. Look, I'm not he saying ain't reliable. Like he ain't he ain't, he he does uh, things that are like it like like Future once said, you do what you want when you pop in. Like that man is clearly displayed unlikable t- uh, tendencies and characteristics. So I, I won't say. What I don't they know are. why you're talking Y'all to Code about are. drunk driving. He's a drunk driver. Yeah. Yeah, you know he's he's a scumbag, pretty yeah. much. So that's you know, yeah. But yeah, yeah. So, uh, but they like him. So hey, fuck bro. it. Look, <laughs> I I can't explain it. I can't explain it. Look, every single week, I hear motherfuckers singing Judas at the top of their lungs every single week. Guess who else? Guess who else called a DUI before? The the Ayatollah of rock and roll. Like I I don't I can't explain it, man. Um. The Usos. Usos always going to be over. Usos be getting them shits every other year, it seems like. they, they uh, One or the other of them. Especially, uh, I can't remember which was the one. They, they, they pass them shits off like Jadakiss and Styles P. And then they talk about it on their storyline. Remember when Simo made jokes about this shit? And then yes. they high five. Ah, ah, that's funny. You, 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 you're a danger to the fucking public. Fuck out of here. <laughs> Muzza. Uh, Jeff Hardy versus Jimmy Uso. Loser loses their driver's license. <laughs> Match. <laughs> I don't care what is that gonna stop him from driving? No. Right. <laughs> like like Jeff will blow like a like a point eight and a shit. Point, like you can't you can't survive with a point eight. You'll fucking die. <laughs> Come on, man. Like no. He was he was blowing a I think one of the last ones he was one of the last ones let you know. He he blew like a point two four or something. I was like, yo, point two four is like you know what kind of blood, you know what kind of like alcohol tunnels you had to build up to be able to bu- to do that and then like not be able to function a car and turn it on, let alone, you know, um, yeah, yeah whatever, man. Like WWE, we, you know, people give, you know, their creative sucks, but like as a company over the years, they have paid for a lot of people's rehab and Jeff Hardy is definitely one of them. And, and uh, the Usos have definitely been two people that they have uh, offered that too. So, um, you know, we give them a lot of shit, and we're giving them a lot of shit for the show, but, like, they've had some knuckleheads and fuck-ups uh, that they've had on the roster, and they have paid for them to take their ass uh, to try to get professional help and, see, and help their problems, like, and I think I think um, that's good for them that they've done that, but it just stinks that, like, they, you know, they seem to have not learned their lesson, those two in particular. So, anyway. Um, Drive-by. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That lets you know how exciting this show was. So, um, yeah, the pre, like I said, the triple threat match for the United States title, it was good. Uh, I, I would even say very good. I, I definitely something I would uh, nominate as a three and a half star or higher type of thing. Um, and then at the end, like Jeff Hardy ends up in, in typical WWE uh, triple threat fashion. Um, Jeff ha- ends up having um, Damian Priest beat, and then Priest ends up uh, rolling rolling out. Um, I'm sorry. Sheamus did was basically beating up uh, Jeff Hardy, and then he got rolled up from behind with a schoolboy by Damian Priest got the win, and then him and um, uh, Jeff Hardy ended up like shaking hands. Um, like I I don't know what's next for Damian Priest, but I he I, he needs to get away from Sheamus. They've done it a lot. 
Um, their matches are good. I like their matches, but like I feel like they've done a lot in you know. Hopefully, when the draft happens, they will bring in new people for him to fight. Um, in that kind of tier and range. Um, like I would like, I would love to see with McIntyre, but like they did that a couple times already. Um, it seems like it seems as if McIntyre would be on the move, but we'll see. But like they're pushing him, they're not fucking him up. They like him. Um, he works hard. He has good matches. So like I, I he's one of the few people to worry about on the show on this card or on this on these rosters. So yeah, like I, I saw Drew McIntyre wasn't on the show and I was sad. Same here. Especially after you see this pay per view on phone and you're just like, you couldn't have put you couldn't add no Drew McIntyre to this to help save his camera on at this point. Like like on um like when yes. Dame when Dame Dash was talking about putting he thought Kanye was a whack rapper and he was thinking like, damn bro, these beats hot, like this shit ain't whack, like Hey man, like maybe we could put Cam on the album to save like on every song and to save the album. Like that, like Drew McIntyre is Cameron back damn 15, 16, 17 years ago. And he needs to be on every pay-per-view to try to save the pay-per-view. They did not do that and look what happened to the pay-per-view. Learn the lesson. Never not come out the house without Drew McIntyre in and yes. also a a thick coat for the Chicago winter. Yes. Uh, so next match we'll get to one of the few matches you watch on here the Raw Women's title match Charlotte Flair versus Alexa Bliss this match was mid it was there um I don't know what you I, want it, to tell it, you it feels like a match that they have done with each other since 2015 because remember these people trained together like these were People that came from the same camp, essentially. 2014 NXT. These are these are all the same little reversals out of the turnbuckle spots. The I appreciated like neither one of their uh, like turnbuckle trauma spots like led to a near fall or a finish. I appreciate yeah. that because remember remember those old pay per views when like every woman's match seemed to end off of someone like has has gone to a turnbuckle. I'm like, why do y'all heads like why are y'all heads different from the dudes heads? Like, right. I I didn't understand right. it and. I don't know. It was like, remember how Rey Mysterio would like, like, do the the move, the Hurricane Rana, and then people would fall in the middle of the ropes. But like, no one ever falls near the ropes ever, <laughs> aside from when Rey does it. It was like the women's version of that. Like, no one takes a turn, a second turnbuckle or the bottom one any any time, except them. Uh, except um, when Bailey or Charlotte's in the fucking ring or Alexa Bliss, and then it's definitely gonna happen. Right. Um. I, I like Charlotte's gear. Um, yeah. I, I noticed on Alexa's gear, instead of hurt and heel, it said pain and play. Um, I'm sorry, it said what? It said pain and play instead of hurt and heel, like the, the shit that was written on there. Um this is that is that more her is that more her like speaking in code to her fan base? Nah, it's literally the the import of the Bray Wyatt thing, but she didn't. They didn't want to write hurt and heal, so they'd had to give her her own version of it. it yes, I know you want to make look. I know you want to make the joke, you is know, about it, these about these sickos yeah, out here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I do. I do. But, yeah, I I don't think it was necessarily meant to capture the sickos, but hey, if the shoe fits, um, yeah, man, I, this was just like there. Know, I I come come off watching. Momo versus Shuri. So this was funny. Um, 
and it was just like they were popping the crowd, but I'm like, crowd don't know better. No, no, were they no, no different. It, it seems like they they popped them a couple times on a, on a couple of the near falls at the at end. At the end, at the end, the crowd got into it a little bit. Yeah, I, I, yeah, they did at the you end, know, but like the, most of the match was like okay. It, as much as they could for somebody in their hometown, you would think they would be going a little bit crazier, but they weren't. Um, they, you know, Charlotte, I I was counting on a title change until I found out Alexa was at home. That was like, oh, she's losing. Uh, and this was a 100% destruction of the gimmick. Charlotte beats her clean. Uh, uh, uh. She grabs the doll. She throws it oh, in yes, her face. Yes. She, she does a Van Daminator with the doll. She beats, She walks the dog with her. She grabs the doll. She rips it apart with her bare fucking hands. Alexa jumps her in rage. Charlotte thwarts her and then whoops her ass again. And then walks off. And then, uh, and then Alexa's there picking a piece of the fucking doll. And then crying for minutes on end. For three whole minutes in like three seconds, and then there's like a white Alka Seltzer thing in her mouth, and you can clearly see it. And I'm like, what is this supposed to be? This is some sick, demented, twisted shit that I don't know who who's into this. Like, like who's the demographic? Vince. Uh, can can I meet these people? Can can I ask some questions? Can we make sure they're not around children? Like it's um yeah it, it it leaves a lot to be desired uh to say the least um this looks like the the end of the gimmick uh because Alexa Bliss is set to take time off she may be out for like three months or something like that what so ripping up the gimmick like she's taking time off oh. um rip up her gimmick then she, I I would assume they just bring her back at like the Royal Rumble or something and then she's just her normal self again and people act like this shit doesn't exist anymore um, which quite frankly I would be okay with letting any last remnants of the fiend go I, I'm with you it sucked like the fiend has sucking lots of people lots the of fiend has, has broke into the women's division and for the championship, the Women's World Raw Championship. Man. <sighs> so. That boy influential. Uh, apparently so. Um, I'm not even going to do it. I'm not even going to do the bad influence thing with you. With, I'm not even going to. can't even use that on Bray White. Can't even use that on The Fiend. Nope. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, like, if the objective, like, if. Jim Cornette was still in WWE creative. Uh-huh. And this all and this whole layout of what this match was was said to him was said to him. He would have been like he would have reacted in much the same way that like when he found out Luger wasn't gonna win the title. <laughs> he's like he's he's gonna look like a play to piss. Like Alexa looked like a play a play to piss. Like she lost clean. She she lost after she got her ass whooped after she started uh, a fight with somebody. And then yep. she cried her eyes out over a fucking doll. She's much more upset about the doll than losing the match, it seemed like. Well, apparently it's her best friend, so whatever. Like, like I understand it's a doll and it's fucking stupid, but that 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 tracks, at least. At least it tracks. Doesn't make it any better, but at least it tracks. I think you gotta love the crowd doing a thank you, Lily chant. Like, um, you know, I... I, I would have liked it more if they started a na na hey hey goodbye chant personally, 
Um, but we don't always get what we want. No, we do not. Um, and that's why we got this pay-per-view. So match for that, the SmackDown tag team titles, the Usos versus street profits. It was a match that felt like it was just there. Um, it told, it had a decent story. Um, apparently Roman Reigns beat up, uh, Montez Ford. Yeah, and beat up his ribs, so he came to into the ring, came to, to the match with, like, taped up ribs, and they took the tape off it throughout the match, worked over his ribs, beat him up sometimes, and um, it, it was selling really well at times, but the match was just kind of, for me, was just kind of slow. Uh, and then, at the towards the end, Montez fires up, he has a flip dive over the top rope, um, like, the almost like the ricochet thing where he goes over the, uh, runs from opposite corner to opposite corner and jumps, flips over the top turnbuckle lands in the, uh, on the floor on the both Usos. Crowd gets really into it. Um, match continues in about, like, 60, 60, 90 seconds later, um, the Usos lay out Montez and they double splash him and get the pin. This, this does not sound like no match to for people to be puffing their chests out on Twitter real brave. They had the Young Bucks trending today. Um, what? I don't, I don't know what's broken inside y'all. Like, to where, like, it's, it's, it, I had a conversation before, um, and I, you know, someone was trying to tell me about, you know, what Kenny Omega was or was not. One thing I told him was he's a lightning rod. He's a person, like, that everyone compares anyone to like he's always in like the name he's always in his name is always in someone's mouth regardless like performance whatever it's the same thing with the bucks it's so and it's like imagine saying this shit about the young bucks this year alone like what like i I don't know man like uh, stop the cap I, i i don't know like i like both of them if you ask me whose matches i prefer in in the general um, I like the Usos style more than I like the Young Bucks. I think the Young Bucks at time. I, I'm not gonna go re- go over the, the Young Bucks Usos thing again. I'm fucking tired of it. But like, yeah, I'm tired of look, it because man, the, and I think the narratives are lazy, like very lazy. Because I'm like, well, what, what do you mean by a style? Because like the Young Bucks can wrestle Southern style. They can wrestle modern indie style. They can have a bloodbath war with you. They can have. They can retire a bitch like. So, and fight you. Yeah, they'll, they'll fight Eddie Kingston yeah, they, or John Moxley yeah, or anything like that. They're good storytellers. Um, I I think the thing for me when I talk about their style in general, I'm talking like when you think of a normal Young Bucks match, you're thinking of a bunch of coordinated stuff that feels to me at times like it's in like third gear. So they like it feels too it like in a way like they would they would be the perfect WWE tag team wrestlers because like the matches seem like perfectly like manicured and like almost have no grit to them as far as like it almost feels like if something gets fucked up like if somebody misses a dive like it could fuck up like the next 3 minutes of their of a match in the Young Bucks match it just happens that like they don't like go all out but that they don't not, I'm getting <laughs> to my point then the reason it doesn't go that doesn't happen is because like they don't like showcase how athletic they actually are like for example you look at the, the Nick Jackson in Phoenix match and you watch them wrestle like Nick Jackson is doing things in that ring with Phoenix that like when I watch him in a Young Bucks match I almost see him like wrestling slower at a slower speed than that and like I don't know like there's their matches just feel like I guess I guess I don't want to say too fake because it's all fake, right? But it feels like super choreographed. But like they're incredible, so who gives a fuck? 
Uh, but uh, I think for a lot of people that's hung up, that hangs up on them when they're like, they watch these matches, right? And there's like, oh, well, like, and almost like a gymnastic routine almost. And I'm like, well, yeah, like, they're white guys doing lucha. Like, what's not, what's not clicking for y'all? Like, is it prominent or is it because they're white? Y'all don't think that they're like white guys doing lucha? Cause like, they are. Like, just accept it as it's lucha and move on. Like, that's how I do it. my mind. It's like, whatever, like, it looks, how it looks like it's just lucha. And I just move on from there and I can accept it and enjoy it. But like, people don't make that, that I'm like, imagine thing. saying these things two weeks after that cage match, which had minimal flying in it. They had one big dive, and it was from Phoenix, and it was a high cross. Rich, it was a bloodbath war. This isn't a thing when they when people talk about this stuff. This isn't a thing about like whether or not they had a an all time great match or not. Like people like what they like. Like. For example, I enjoy watching, um, I don't know. I enjoy watching Rasheed Wallace more than Shaq. It doesn't mean that Rasheed Wallace is better than Shaq. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's this, what it comes down to. This is not to. their argument, though. Like, and I think it is. I, well, I think it is like, I, we don't like the Young Bucks. They have these goofy matches. Like, they have these critically acclaimed matches that, like, that there are people watching because I'm like, eh, it's good. It's technically like, when, for example, last week, we just had um the conversation with Rob. Like, Rob acknowledges they're good, but he's like, that's not my preference. And it's like, I can understand it. I think you're wrong. I think they're wrong. In, when, in comparison to the Usos, like, I think the Young Bucks have a thousand more, not a thousand, that's unfair. Let's say half a hundred more great matches. Than, like, like <laughs> that, I, that's would, I would feel half really hundred, bad. They have half a hundred more great, I, uh, pay-per-view ma- or great matches than the Usos do. So it's like, if you want to argue about who's better, like, this is fucking stupid. Like, like if you I, have your I, preference, I would, I would feel that, really but, like, bad don't make your preference say- be like they're better because it, like you can't really say that if you've paid any attention. I was gonna say like I would feel really bad if I was trying to make a case why someone is better than the Young Bucks and I couldn't use the matches. Like I, what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> I, I, look, I think it's stupid too, and I think it's exhausting. And it's like, look, man, like, and it's also like he. We don't know what these other two people. We don't know what these four or these four members would do in different wrestling promotions than the ones they've been in. Like, and even if it was, like, I still think the Young Bucks would have better matches. So it's like, whatever. Do I think they'd be having like you know match of the year contenders in WWE? Absolutely not. But they would still have a higher frequency of great matches in WWE than the Young Bucks. I'm sorry, than the Usos. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. The, like it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it, I I think people just need to update what they're talking about personally, or we just ignore them. I, I yeah, like this this one we don't have to participate in. You don't have to participate in it on Twitter. I promise you. I, I did not. I looked at it like it's stupid. <laughs> it's like whatever, man. Like they're both great teams. They're the best. They're they're two of the best tag teams of the, of the era. One is better than the other. I, 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 you know, like, I don't really have to make a compare. I don't, I don't want to make, the, I don't want to make this comparison, but like, I don't want to make like a LeBron to the, the, uh, DeMar DeRozan type of comparison. It's like, that's what's, what's the point? Like, they're both great. Comparing them then becomes like not really, uh, a waste of time because one is way up here. The other one is not on that level. And like, the Young Bucks have positioned themselves to have a slew of great matches with, a uh, slew of the best tag teams you've ever seen. And pretty much outside of anyone that hasn't been in WWE, they've had a, they've had great tag team matches by pretty much everybody that's not like in Japan. 
they you know, went about they went about their careers to try, to do this and it ended up working out and paying off for them. We're like they're EVPs of the number two uh, wrestling promotion in America. Usos didn't do that. Man, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, I'm sure it'll it'll rear its, its head again and Usos we'll be back have here the ma- again. Oh, sorry, the Yumbos have the matches. They have the influence, like, and they have this, and they have this success and more money than them. Like, I, I'm sorry, like, there really is nothing for the for the. There's <laughs> not. I, I don't it's not. like. There's not like like they're they're, they're headline. They're great in they're great. Stop comparing them to the um young bucks because like, it makes y'all look like y'all don't the, know what the fuck y'all talking about. Like the 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 worst thing for me is is I've always liked the Usos for years. I still like the Usos, but for I'm not, years. But it's and it's like and up until maybe like the beginning of 2018, I would say. Like, I would have probably been like, oh, yeah, the Usos for sure, like, whatever. And, you know, the Bucks don't have a juice like that. And then, like, the next three years happened. And it was like, oh, so this has been going on and this is what I wasn't aware of before. And then to start putting together the back catalog and just seeing everything, it's like... It's back breaking. Remember, remember, uh, Fifty Cent would talk about his consistency will break Jay-Z, your neck. Yeah, Jay Z consistency breaking it. But bro, you ain't you ain't even have to do that about like just the Young Bucks. Who's been the better tag team in WWE history in the last five years? The like on based on match quality, Kyle Riley and anybody from from uh the Undisputed Era or either one of his two tag teams, Fish or O'Reilly or the Young or the uh, Usos. It's yeah, either I'm one taking of O'Reilly, O'Reilly and yeah, definitely O'Reilly and fucking uh, strong. Right. Like if War Machine had got pulled out of NXT uh, so soon, they would have had a run that made them undisputed. Like think of they won it, they won them titles in Phoenix. They had that match against Black Shade. Both of them shits were four and a half. How many four and a half star matches do the Usos have? Maybe like three. Okay, I can they think of. So they did that in like two months then. Yeah, or three months. Oh, actually, no. The War Games. The second War Games. So, actually, they, they matched them in, in, in matches as uh, War Machine. And they were only there for, like, six months, seven months, eight months in uh, WWE on uh, NXT. So, like, I don't even want to... It's not even necessarily fair. Like, FTR, DIY, whatever, man. Um, it's just circumstances. Like, I, this is just goofy. Like... Like, do the Usos have more great matches than Azumi and Momo? Uh, you'd be able to tell me. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like, the only four-star matches they had in the tag league last year, and in the tag team, in the tag league and starting like, not even, like, some great tournament at all. Like, between that and their defense, or their challenge against uh, Shuri and uh, Julia this year, no. No. Um, anyway, yeah. I guess we can get away from it. Like, it's just, you know, dangerous trekkers, golden aces. Like, nah, man. Like, they're a great tag I, team I, for longevity's sake or whatever else and all that stuff, but they're in WWE doing straight to play wrestling with a promoter that doesn't give a flying fuck about tag team wrestling. Except I as got- a vehicle to put people in, like, uh, side questing mode uh, when they don't know really what to do to transition them out of coming down or going up. Yeah. Um,. I think I think these people need to realize I think they care a lot more about the Usos than the um company they work for. Oh, that's true. Um but, it, it was also funny, like we, we did all this like and then like earlier we were talking about like the DUIs and stuff. 
with drive-bys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but, like, the match is good. It's just, like, it wasn't great. Um, Look, and there's nothing wrong with that. You might have an off night. You might, like, you know, whatever, like, but. Not if you lose your bros. True. This is true. <laughs> Ray Phoenix don't take no nice off. Right. You know, right. I noticed the Lucha Bros are absent from this conversation today. They went straight for the Young Bucks. Yeah. Like, they're not like we Bros mentioned, either. like we mentioned uh, last time when we talked about this. I was like, well, why does no one ever like to bring these guys into it? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think it's also getting ramped up because it's like the elite with him, with them and Kenny Omega. And then you have like the bloodline thing. So it's like it, it throws more of the Omega versus ah. uh, Roman stuff into play, too. And it's like, God, I hate like. Ah. This stuff barely touches my timeline, except for like, except for you know, a certain someone who we adore that like is is all in this shit, and like I have to see what she likes and tweets, and by I guess by me even giving the pronoun out, y'all know who I'm talking about. But like, I love her to death, but like she be getting involved in that shit, and I'm just like, hey, you that's what you talking about today? All right, I, I'm gonna come back. <laughs> I guess I'll go, I guess I'll go back later because my timeline's gonna be flooded. Um. But yeah, so uh, the opener, uh, the New Day versus Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles, and Omos. Um, I enjoyed this match. I liked it more than I liked the the tag match after this. Um, it was fun to see the New Day back again. It is weird to see them doing the wrestling matches and some of their certain spots, like when they do the um, the, the corner stomp when they ta- do frequent tags, and then like. They do not have the, uh, they don't have Francesca or any of the Francescas around, no trombone. So, like, you just remembering, like, this, you know, the fact that's a spot and you don't hear, like, the, you know, uh, 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 you know, all the, you know, all the stuff they used to do. So it was kind of weird. But, um, outside of that, like, it was a really good match. Um, finish comes off of, um, Bobby Lashley seemingly has, or has Biggie dead to rights. AJ blind tags and he goes for phenomenal forearm as he's on the rope. About to spring off, Bobby Lashley is somehow legally allowed to um, use it as a tag, even though like he's not even in the the, the ring yet. They allow it. Um, Biggie sidesteps. He knows he saw the tag that Bobby Lashley made. He and Bobby Lashley goes for a spear. Biggie ducks or slides out the way. AJ gets uh, speared. Biggie then picks him up and hits the big ending for the win. So neat, neat finish, but it's like ugh, I hate. I, 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 can someone just follow those fucking rules? Um, so yeah, um, that was the show. Like I say, the first hour was actually it was it was fine, and then like you got to the Alexa Bliss and Charlotte match, and you're quickly, uh, you're quickly informed that like it was not going to go well for the rest of the night, and then by the la- you get the uh, the finish with, um. With the women's uh, SmackDown match, uh, with Sasha coming back, and then you get the fiend, uh, fiend, the, the demon uh, defibrillating, and then like you know, going down on a bad knee, you're just like, oh, okay. So the, the sports entertainment, the sports entertainment overcame the pro wrestling. Gotcha. Right. It's always the battle of the of the two. Um, the JML put in the chat. Um, also, Muzza put. Uh, Drew McIntyre came out at the end of the show uh, to kind of and pointed the sword at Big E. So we may be getting that popped off. Um, JML also said uh, it's ironic that the last year WrestleNomics did an article 
that Drew McIntyre and Shuri had the best records in 2020, and look at them now. Um, I sent a link to you with that in the um, the Google Meet chat mm-hmm. here, and it's pretty interesting. I guess the ELO 500 is a data-driven approach to rank 15,000 wrestlers from 2020. This looks very interesting. Um, total stat geek shit. So I'll go through the uh, the top 10. So we've got Takushi Haruka from Ice Ribbon. Number nine, Saki Akaya from DDT. Number eight, Roman Reigns. Seven, John Moxley. Six, Shingo. Five, Sonata. Four, Will Ospreay. Three, Heavy Metal from Real Canadian Wrestling. Um, Shuri, um, and then Drew McIntyre. Yeah, real quick, number ten, uh, you said uh, Takushi. It's Sakushi. Ah, Got Sakushi. Got E-T. Yep, yep. Sakushi's, I know Sakushi because she wrestles uh, in seedling at times in like high-speed matches where... Like she suckers uh Natsuki Tayo into like being an evil ref for her. Got you. Yeah. Yeah, so um bless me. Um but yeah. <laughs> Saki Akai is nine. That's hilarious. They do tre- they do her treat her like she's the fucking god of of Joshi Pro Wrestling in uh Tokyo Joshi Pro. Uh like they treat her like she's Brock Lesnar almost rich. It's funny. Cause she's like five ten. She's like a she's like a skinny model. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah. Uh. That's funny that she's nine, though. Uh. So I'm, I don't know what I'm supposed to really looking at. Like what? So, uh, t- do you know the gist of what this is, or no? Okay. So we just brought it up. Just okay. Just, all right. Uh. I, I. You want me to? You want me to read it? Or you want me just to look at it? Or what do you want? What do you want to do? Uh, it, it's. It, we can just plug it. Okay. All right. <laughs> Y'all check I'll look, it out. I'll look at it later. At yeah. It later. Um, check it out. Jim, I'll put it in the comments in the Twitch okay. chat. So, um, she goes 29 or 28. Jaguar Yakota's on here at 34. That's hilarious. She's still in the business? Yeah, she's, uh, she wrestles part-time in, um, or I guess not part-time. I see he's 29 matches. She wrestles in Diana. Like where Siri used to, where Siri used to, uh, wrestle or Saray. You know, I used to gotcha. talk about she wrestling a hole in the wall promotion. Well, there you go. Um, Asha Kong. <laughs> 32 matches. Just hanging on. 37. Yeah. Cody's at 30, uh, 39. Uh, Rika Tatsumi from Tokyo Yoshi Pro is uh, 42. Pete Dunn is 47. That's funny. Um, Asuka's 52. Becky Lynch, 53. Uh, okay. Um, I have to look at this. I'm going to look at this. I'm going to look at yep. this. Yep. Yeah. So we had AW Rampage Friday night. Um, all right, show. Wasn't like, like that first hour was a lot better than the second. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I like the, uh, and, and it was weird. It was just like the, the matches, like I like the eight man tag and I like the lights out match, but like in the women's match wasn't even really that long, but it was just boring. And, I don't know. It, it was just like it, it was tough that eleven to twelve at night. That that was the problem. I think. I mean, you could say that, but Rich, case. I watched that today, like about an hour before we uh, started this show, and it was tough for me to watch with no commercials, and it's only a half hour and a half watch. So, mm. um, imagine. So I can't even imagine what y'all were going through um, while I was asleep, getting ready for the starting pay per view at it four a.m. It was it was uh, it was a lot of looking at the phone from like after the like that. That eight man tag was like a like a jolt of energy. Then like Penelope Ford and the and Anna Jay are in there, I'm just on the phone. Then like 
they start to lights out match and they're doing all the brawling. I'm just on the phone. And then Homicide comes out. I wake up. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And then I don't really know too much about Homicide, but legend of the area, everyone lost their shit for him. Mm-hmm. So uh, that obviously helped the crowd. But I guess we can just go through it. CM Punk returns to a uh, to his first match on television. He's fighting Powerhouse Hobbs. Um, thought this was okay. Uh, we'll probably go like three and a half on it. Um, I think Hobbs has a long way to go. They clearly like him. They, you know, like Punk did some creative spots with him, letting him reverse out of the GTS into that uh, spine buster. That spine buster he does. He almost died. Um, <laughs> from off a uh, yeah uh, uh, a, down, top a rope, Frankensteiner uh, uh, yeah a, a seated uh, run off the top rope where um, his foot like slipped and luckily that man is slow with the, and all that clanging and banging paid off because if he if he didn't have shoulders the size that he had him at he'd land on side of his head yeah it'd been bad yep um so this is like his he was number two in the rankings this is like his loss to kind of knock him back a little yeah. bit uh, punk gets another win uh it was all right uh i i think hobbs is like i think he's still a project like this isn't somebody that needs to be like yeah. on top or anything and i think people need to uh not rush his development <laughs> for the sake of doing it um but i i think there's something there with him like there's no reason like he can't be in the big man camp with warlow and figuring it out yeah um yeah, I think he has future TNT champion run all over him, and maybe in in the future, and like maybe there's more, maybe the ceiling's even higher than that. But I think that's where he's tracking at right now. Like somebody that's going to be um, on the card over the next you know few months. He's going to have good match. He's going to look impressive. He's going to be be being geeks and being um, prelim type guys, and then he's going to start going against some of the mid card, and we'll see where he fares in the mid card and what he in programs that he has from there. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I, I think they need to get. I think they may need to think of scrapping Team Taz, but who knows? Hmm. Um, like, do you think that's helping Ricky Starks? I think Ricky Starks is just hurt, and well, he's yeah. yeah. Like, and once like his his neck situation is figured out, I think it would help him to have a unit around him or at least to for have heat, Hobbs watching his back for okay. sure. Okay. Um, sending him out there on his own. Like we already kind of got MJF. So I don't know. MJF got MJF got uh, like, okay. So you say that, but then it's like, if he has Hobbs with him, then that's more or less like the Warlow low MJF dynamic. And it makes it even more that it's a similar thing. I don't, I've never even thought of them as the same type of people. Like, I think mm. that, I think that Ricky Starks a bit, uh, how do I say this? Swaggier. He's more. He's a lot more like a cool hill than the MJF lover beat. Yeah, definitely. That's for sure. Yeah. So, um, I just, I just never really <laughs> thought of the comparison before, but could be. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. Maybe I want to change them because I just don't think is whatever they have going on is really working right now, except for the fact that CM Punk chose to work with them. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. I don't know. We'll see. Like, I just, the Brian Cage thing still being out there too is another part. Is like, I, all of that stuff just like, he turned on him and like the crowd wanted it. And then like, eh, eh, just, yeah. it feels real. And then obviously, you know, even when, but even before Ricky Starks got his neck broken or whatever else, um, it, 
they were geeks, you know? So, uh, I feel like they need a jolt if they're going to actually do something with them, or this is kind of where their lot, their, you know, Hobbs and Ricky Stark's lots in life are until, like, there's a, something changes there. Look at their roster. Competitive business. Yeah. <laughs> um, so up next we had a. What did you think of CM Punk? I actually kind of liked how he looked in this match a little bit more than the pay per view. Just his individual performance. I think that uh, I think that his pace is still like old man, old man selling um, mm-hmm. pace, and that's fine initially. Um, but I don't know how much. It, I but I you know when it, I watch Christian or I watch Edge, like I know that that is a work. See, I see CM Punk. It looks like that man literally like signed on dotted line and just went out there. Like, and the only thing that man that man ain't left in no ways to try to catch up or get himself acclimated. He just out here running. Maybe he's running, running steps. Maybe he's running steps in the arena. But like, I, that, man needs, to, that man needs to start hitting some, some of the air squats or start doing you know some Bulgarian squats or or get a you know get one of those uh thigh, you know one of those five bands or whatever else and go to work because. It looks like his legs are almost not underneath him, especially at the start of that match. Like he looked like I don't know if it's because of the size difference, whatever. But he looked kind of goofy trying to like calf kick Hobbs at points or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, bro, like why are you throwing kicks like that? Why do they look like that? You trained in UFC. Why do your kicks look that like that bad? Bro, um, when he was walking to the ring, like he was doing like this little like I don't know if he was hobbling or whatever, but you know like how Kevin Nash used to walk. Like, really, you like there's like a quad. Like there's like a tad there's something weird going on with his his gait right gate. now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I I would encourage people to watch that. And I the first thing I saw like I noticed that from his first match with Darby, I was okay. like, he needs to work on his lower body. Like he needs to not skip yeah. leg day ever at this rate. Like he needs to, I don't know who he needs to holler at uh, in AEW who, who who can help him with the fitness out there. But uh, yeah, lower body work, so- punk. So, um, I, one thing I did like, cause he didn't do it in the first match with Darby. He <laughs> saved it, but like he got to the macho man elbow drop and he was like, haven't done this in a while at the top of the road, but I thought it was kind of fun. And then he jumped <laughs> off and when he jumped off, he looked like, did you ever see, uh, the one particular clip of the S games where I think it was the homie's name was Josh Brown, where they did the supervert thing where he's coming He's coming off the huge ramp buildup, goes off one jump, and then goes off. And it's a huge half pipe, half of high half pipe. It goes up like um, almost like 40 feet in the air. Mm-hmm. Or with the air, he caught in like 30, 40 feet in the air. And he lost the board at the climb, at the, uh, at the peak. And then like the whole time he's squirming, trying to like, because he lost. And he's realized like, I have no way back down. Like, don't, I'm basically about to fall 30, 40 feet, like three stories. And I'm going, I may die. Like, I have a helmet on. And he's mm-hmm. like, He's literally like trying to swim in the air to try to contort his body to like find a way to land where he's not going to like really fuck himself up or fuck himself as as little as possible. I said all that to say this: when Punk dove off of the top rope for the elbow drop, he's squirming in a similar fashion, trying to get his body in the right place as he's jumping. I was like, that can't be good. I don't remember him jumping like that before. So I felt like he's always jumped like that. Okay, I have I have to rewatch it. Maybe when it looks like that, I'll um. 
I'll I'll be more uh, assured, but it looked like like what is going on? Like it just looked, <laughs> it looked like a whole bunch of body parts moving in ways they're not supposed to because he left the air. Like it's almost like he was a, he jumped and he was like, oh no, I'm not supposed to jump. I want, I want, it's almost like oh, I wish I didn't jump. That's a mistake. I want to back up on top of the top the So yeah, that's a, like trying to catch the air to climb the air. So yeah. yeah. Um, but outside of that, and that little comedy thing, like, I thought it was just a, a decent little, little match. I thought it, I'd probably give it like three flat. I didn't think it was like three and a half, but whatever. So we had the elite um, of our the Super Click, uh, Adam Cole, Matt, and Nick Jackson against uh, Christian Cage and Jurassic Express. I thought this ruled. Um, Adam Cole gets a great reaction in New York. Uh, almost as all as tradition now. This is at least the second time it's happened. Um, th- this is the first time the Bucks and Cole have teamed in five years. Everyone seemed to be really into that. Um, get, got Jungle Boy doing a lot of spots. He did one spot where it reminded me of uh, the thing Mayu does um, when she does the drop on the top rope. Double arm double drag. Arm drag yeah. yeah. The Arabian um, double arm drag, yeah. Um, who knew that? I mean, it, it, everyone should have been able to figure out that Christian would be able to fit into one of these PWG six man matches, um, you know. And then Luchasaurus, I think uh, the the stuff that he was doing was like I some of his best, best of stuff in a, in a while. Yeah, um, it was funny seeing him and Adam Cole because sometimes you forget how small Adam Cole is, and then I'm just like, all right, whatever. But he doesn't go like the what the energy he gives off. I'll never forget it. Man's like five eight. That was funny. Um, the, yeah, but uh, they got new shirts. I, I think yeah. those are gonna sell pretty well. Um, and this this was rule. I, I would probably give this like four stars. Yeah, uh, it's it's definitely a ten for four. Um, I uh, I really enjoyed the spot they did where he has um one of the three in the camel clutch. I think it's jungle boy. In the jungle clutch. boy. And they go up and down. I'm like, and they go, after they go like twice, I was like, they're they're about to kiss him on the cheeks, aren't they? And then after like they go a th- third time, fourth time, they stop and they need to kiss you. I was like, God damn it, these fucking gimmicks. <laughs> These, these, like they're such hams, all of them. They're just ridiculous people, and like the crowd's loving it. And then they do like a double cartwheel for a uh, dump for a stereo basement drop kick, and I was like, that's a cool spot. Um, but yeah, like at the end, by the end, they end up getting throwing Jungle Boy and Christian basically like into the pit and the side off the ramp. Yeah, then they buried um, them. It, oh, we got to talk about it. I, I hope everyone saw what happened in this match. Jungle Boy has graduated. Luchasaurus is now yeah. taking the yeah. pins. Yeah, I noticed that too. So they ended up, um, and also like another part of it, they let they let Junk or not Junk, but Luchasaurus run wild at first, mm-hmm. and then they beat him. Um, yep. That was also another giveaway. So, um, so Adam yeah. Cole and Jungle Boy is in the fallout of this. Yeah, they, they, they had him. a couple of, of extended spots in the match. They went face to face after the match, yep. and I immediately wanted to see it. And then they announced it. I was like, when did they go? It for? Uh, it's gonna be on Dynamite this week. Okay. So yeah, that should be that's, fun. That should be, that fun. should be really good. Um, they also um, let's see what the next match was. Men of the Year and yeah. in, in the Inner Circle and um, this was uh, kind of there. there and <laughs> and it this was there for the angle and uh, Sky ended up rolling up Hager and then like. 
50 11 MMA dudes hit the ring. And on top of that, like we had uh, Paige Van Zandt beating down Jericho. Then Jorge Masvidal with, with these terribly pulled punches that you know, like if she wanted, she could she could break this dude's ribs. But she's out here throwing these like, and but she's holding back. But she's holding back to a point where like they they look like powder puff punch. It looks like Alessa Bliss would be like throwing gut punches to Jericho. That's, That's what it looks like. Like this looks like this, they look like these powder puff ass things, and it's like. Come on, Paige. You could you could fuck this dude up if you wanted to, but obviously, like you're not supposed to. But like, they're they're somewhere between break his ribs and look just ridiculous, and like you gotta find it. But one or the other aren't ideal. So Masvidal comes out and he kind of just exudes big star energy. Um, I know there's a lot that goes on with Masvidal that yeah. I don't like and. Yeah, you know, I'm not a fan of at yeah. all. Uh, but when yeah. he walked in, like the, the temperature in the room changed. I, I won't deny that. And you know what? The, you know what the thing is? Like one of these days, you're going to bring out uh, Kobe Covington, and it's going to be the same exact thing. Yuck! He's an American Top Team, isn't he? Yes. Yikes! He's their biggest. Uh, star. I mean, well, him and Mobs all are like a tie at this point. But I think Kobe Covington is a little bit of a bigger draw at this point. But you get my point, like. They the same thing like they're both MAGA guys, whatever else, and like, and, but they're also like built to be like incredible promos and shit talkers and shit stirs. Um, yeah, like the, the need to looked awesome. That so? Yes, because I thought that was a T trigger. That was all thigh. <laughs> I guess I didn't look that close. It but. was he hit that. He damn near hit that man with his uh with his hip instead of his knee. Oh yes, JML. Yes, yes, him too. Yes, yes. He um, didn't know that uh he didn't know Mazzardo. that uh, Oh yeah, look look up Mazadol. Some of the yeah. stuff like he, he probably didn't because he's like it's a Miami it's a Miami Cuban, but then again you think about like he's a Miami Cuban. Yep. It all makes sense. Like when you start thinking about it. Yeah. J- yeah. Just like the Raquel Gonzalez, like where you're like, but she's oh, she's from there. She's from Rio, <laughs> she's from Rio Grande Valley, and you look at like like you look at yeah, like same thing like you look at you look like, oh, okay. Yeah. So um yeah, uh really great interview uh they showed on Elevation today. Actually all of Elevation today was like three matches and then everything from Rampage it was a bunch of post match interviews like that they were putting in the show. Okay. Uh there's an excellent one from Brian Danielson. There was one from Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Best promo of Scorpio Sky's life. Um very intense, like I, I think people need to really reevaluate these guys. Like for some reason they get a rap like they're boring or anything like that. And I'm like I, I don't see that I, at all. I don't like, think that Scorpio Sky is a bad promo necessarily, some off promo. But I think that like when people like when Dave Meltzer talks about how he's this great worker, I think that's a bit overstated. Mm-hmm. Um but like he is a very good wrestler. Um and Paige, like I've seen Paige in some really good matches in different circumstances, different weird circumstances. Like in intergender match where he's playing the hill and he's like fighting his ass off with uh and he's like beating the hell out of uh, Jordan Grace and Jordan Grace is like just rocking him back and they're having body slam matches and all that kind of stuff so like I like them both of them I think yeah. that Paige is the, obviously the better promo um but I just don't think I don't know if they came with a I don't know if like people have have been given reason to care about them yet mm-hmm. um this should have been it though <laughs> like and I think they need to show whatever they did like 
like take the best parts of whatever that promo was they did after the match and like drive that home. And I think that'll do a lot for them. Um, they did one with uh, Brian Danielson after the Kenny Omega match. He's like, I kind of know how this thing works. Like as far as like the rankings, Kenny said he didn't want to rematch, but I'm gonna go ahead and get these wins. So he ain't gonna have a choice essentially. So sounds sounds like the beginning of a build. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, imagine that. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely. Like uh, I would, I would check that out if you guys um, had any interest in that. Uh, after that, we had an eight man tag. Uh, inner circle in uh, Ortiz and Santana against the uh, and excuse me Ortiz and Santana and the Lucha Brothers against the HFO. Um, interesting. Uh, Hager and Jericho got the ass whooped. Sammy got his ass whooped in this forever. For no, not even that. Jericho and them got their ass whooped forever, and I was like, where? Like in um in Hager, I'm like, where is the inner circle? Where is the inner circle? I kept saying it because yep. it kept going as they were getting beat up. Like, where is the inner circle? Like this is like some Lij shit. Like, <laughs> I guess so. But um, I guess the the deal is like um, there was a story. Jericho had said he wanted to dissolve the inner circle, like on screen, kind of just as like, hey, you know, we're also friends, but we're all gonna go our separate ways, whatever. But TK was like, man, y'all can be loosely affiliated, whatever. Y'all have to do like an official like breakup or whatever. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah. uh, and, and obviously I I like that idea better. But, yeah, but it's if you really be loosely fucking, affiliated, you still got to come out here with yeah. the dogs and their ass whooped. Yeah, yeah. I was like, it looks crazy. Like when there's two different sets of beatdowns, and then I, I guess they didn't see it. You know, whatever. Really not. But this is a wild and crazy uh, eight man. Um, Cloud Jupiter four dive. Yeah, Cassidy and Quinn were on their games, uh, flashing that old private party. Um, There was a fucking four-way dive, stereo dive from Ortiz-Santana and um, Penta and Ray Phoenix that I heard no one complaining about, saying it doesn't look look real or it looks too choreographed. I I heard no one upset with this. Santana is on one one turnbuckle uh, in one corner. Phoenix is on the other one. And yep. then Ortiz and, and Penta hit the opposite ropes. And then as they hit the opposite, come back running, they go through the ropes and, and basically like cannonball flip through the after uh, through the ropes uh, after their dive. And then um, Santana and uh, Phoenix hit uh, Moonsault. It, it, yes. it, was, it was like... Incredible. It was incredible and dangerous. Like if you look over on the left side, like... Somebody like they're lucky nobody got fucked up because they like like they like all like just envelop on top of each other <laughs> over there, on the left and side. There wasn't like a lot of room out there either. That's they my had point. That, that stage, that extended stage out there, and then like you know the fans right there. So, um, but yeah, this this is a really good match. Uh, I think you know kind of plays up the respect between Ortiz and Santana and the Lucha Bros for now. Yeah. Um, after that, um, Miro, um, might as well talk about that. Uh, Santana, or excuse me, Sammy comes out with Fuego. They're doing a little card gimmick. All of a sudden, you see Miro in the back just rising the fuck up like like Bigfoot or something. And he comes out there, walks the dog with Sammy. Um, and like kind of revenge for, for uh, you know, Sammy jumping out on him the week before. Um, yeah, I'm into it. Um, hopefully, you know, I, I'm sure it'll be a good match. Uh, this week, but he beat the shit out of that boy. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Like, I especially enjoyed what did the Fuego. He just, he yeeted that geek off the stage. To a table. 
Oh yes, yeah, and, 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 and they they showed away. a picture. Yes, <laughs> like he threw him as if like obviously he threw him with the intention of making sure he landed like, and obviously most of that is um Fuego taking his own bump, but like he threw him and he threw him and he immediately turned away as if he gave no disregard for if that man if as if that man was ever going to come down. He didn't he didn't even want to hear the splat if he died. He didn't care. Right. Like right. it was hilarious. I love Miro. Uh, 2021 is the year of the yeet. Uh, between Roman Reigns throwing, uh, power bombing your boy, uh, Dominic o- uh, over the top rope out of the ring to Utami, uh, <laughs> yeeting <laughs> Tam, like, gorilla press slam off of the, f- off, off her shoulders to the floor. And then Tam, like, splats and, and the squirt, uh, scurries around as if, like, she was a roach that got crushed. Um, and then this, like, the year to yeet, man, it's here. It's been fun. Like, you got you got a, a Steiner a suplex people around people getting yeeted, bro. Yeah, yeah. People got to get get throwed like like UGK once said. Got to get throwed. But look, man, know. wrestling's impressive. Like you want to show somebody is strong and explosive and powerful, suplex a motherfucker. It's like it always works, unless you're carrying cross. But yes, this is, that's about it. That's the only little difference. That's about it. Um, then we had Penelope Ford against Anna Jay. Um, they sure look good in the ring. Um, <sighs> that's all I can really say uh, about that. Aesthetically. Aesthetic, the aesthetics look great. Um, uh, you know, Bunny was out there too, adding to the aesthetics. And, um, you know what? I was watching this match because you know, I watched this like a couple hours ago. JML is laughing in the chat right now. About, about aesthetically. So, yes. Look, man, it's funny because. Um, I want to say, yeah, I was watching this match a couple hours ago. And I thought to myself, now I heard Meltzer talk about the Becky Lynch and Bianca match. Said it was a good match and left it at that. And I remember, I'm thinking a match. I'm thinking like, bro, Penelope Ford and her match with Carl Sheeta. Meltzer was trying to say she was the next fucking coming of Becky Lynch or of a horsewoman. The way she was talking about how good she was in the match. I'm like, this fucking match is so much better than that match was. But th- but that match is good. It's like, the bar is on the fucking floor. Like, goddamn, man. Like, sh- like if you've been good and you just have a good, and you have a very good match, oh, whatever. When it's somebody that you just don't have any expectations for and they just do a little bit higher than expectations, then you got to go over the moon and that, like, like, this is like the greatest thing ever. That's how it goes. Happens to kids in school like that too. They be like, "Oh, you're a real smart kid. What's, what's happening with you lately?" But hold on, you ain't messing with this C motherfucker over here. Yeah, guess so. so. Um, but yeah, this was a match, and Ty Conti got involved, adding further to the aesthetics. And hey, this for the dads. That's 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 what this was. The dads. Who the are the dads? dads? The Am dads I watching the show. The dad's watching the show, so we've got a tag team match. Penelope before in the bunny against Anna Jay and Ty Conti. We got a full program out of where, this. Where is we've that going to be held at? Next week oh. on Dynamite. I was hoping he was going to say dark. <laughs> I was hoping he was going to say dark. I don't want to watch that shit. Oh, so. Maybe be better because, look, I like Ty. I think she probably would be a better tag wrestler than a uh, singles wrestler at this point. Um, Anna. You know, I've only seen her a few times that she just got back, so, you know, whatever. But, like, Penelope and Bunny as a tag team sounds like the drizzling shits. It just do. Not it Muzzle, does, it do. M- Muzzle said, we need a three-way tag with those two teams and add the Mina and Unagi 
Bro, you know what's crazy about that? Meaning when Nagi are so much better than those four. <laughs> I never would have said this. I would never would have thought I'd be saying that. Um, you know, like when they came in to start them in no uh uh Unagi came in uh November, but like bro, they We gotta do it, James. <sighs> I gotta I gotta pull up the cage mask score for him. Um so, uh, but yeah, you know, the, the Mina and, and the Unagi definitely adding to the aesthetics. Here. Mina is so far ahead of the other five, it's not even funny. <laughs> okay, Penelope Ford, take a wild guess on what her cage match score is. I'm going to say mid-sixes. Correct, 6.51. Okay. The Bunny. I'm going to say like a five, like a high five. 6.68. What? Okay. Anna J. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say high sixes. Six point four two. Okay, so another mid six. To be fair, she's fairly new. Yeah, but um, she's also better than the bunny. Yeah, she's better than the bunny. And I don't see Ty Conti on here yet, so uh she's not linked, but just those three. Um yeah, man. The, not not do me in Anagi. Good Jesus. Um, Unagi. Unagi, 5.98. I've seen Unagi have a number of three and a half star matches over the last uh, three months. Four months. Like her match on the show we're about to review. I'm I'm including singles matches. I'm not just saying like when Tam is carrying these trios matches. Muzza says Ty Conti is a 6.56. Mina Shirakawa is 6.82. Mina is so much better than than uh, those four, those four uh, Westerners. Man, all I know is aesthetically they're killing it. Good for uh, them. Let's see. The bars on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> then we got a lights out tag match: Eddie Kingston, and John Moxley defeating Lance Archer, Minoru Suzuki. Uh, this is like a big. Main event, Eddie Kingston comes home over like a motherfucker. Um, he didn't get a chance to win a belt here. I guess this was just as good, though. Um, you know. <laughs> yeah, man. This whole match was Suzuki and Moxley are over here continuing their 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 old, I guess, point, old school, old country beef. And then you have uh, Kingston and Archer over on their side, and they're continuing their feud from like when when Kingston first came into AEW, and they're wrestling, and then somehow um, Archer gets the advantage and leaves Kingston Lane, and then that just means you have Moxley trying to fend off Archer and Suzuki, and they just say, "We're going to murder him. Like we're going to beat his ass. We're going to duct tape him, kendo stick him, whoop him with a chair, or whoop him with a chair, whoop him with um a strap." Um, Kendall stick him up, and then like, hell, even when his um he was handcuffed or basically uh bound uh, with with his hands behind his back with the uh, duct tape, they fucking body slammed him <laughs> on his on his. I was like, what are y'all doing? He's gonna break, he's gonna break his fucking wrist or fingers or sh- or separate a shoulder. What the fuck are y'all doing? I was yeah. shot. They, they even did that shit. Um, yeah. so they did that. And they just weren't they just wearing Moxley ass out. This is all setting up like effectively a hot tag where like Kings is gonna come in and he's gonna clear house and um it didn't really work out. Is that like how I thought it was? He didn't come in like a house of fire, but like he came back with chops 
and um, Moxie was able to get free at some point. And he was able to. I forgot how they end up getting uh, the advantage after that, but like they 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 basically fought back to almost like a getting Moxley and Suzuki out the ring. It's Archer and Kingston in the ring, and then um, Kingston ends up getting the better of Archer, uh, and then uh, pins him. Um, and then as they pin him, like. You're like, okay, so they cut to outside on the floor. You see Moxley and, and Suzuki just trading forearms again. It's like, God damn, they just, they, they managed to brawl to the back. But, um, but yeah, Kings got the big win in the main event in the, you know, main event of the, sh- of the, uh, event in the main event of Rampage in New York. And, um, this match is not as good as I thought it'd be, but, um, it was still a, it was still a good match. Um, I, I don't know. It felt a lot like they were just calling shit on the fly. Yeah, it felt like a house show main event. Hmm. Okay. With I, like I some extra shit, show, like so like really. like with some extra shit, like as far as like you know slamming the motherfucker while his back back is tied up and shit. I like, do, like, that shit was like woof. Mox is out of his mind. Like I heard some story about he went to some indie show. He went to Defy. Yeah, like he over went to the Defy weekend. And they said he like gigged and shit. I'm like, yo, he's this man. <laughs> this man living all his dreams apparently so <laughs> you know uh, but yeah that'll wrap it up so I guess James there's only one thing left to do what's that hit the music Oh man, so I think this is the second best starting show I've ever seen. Um, night, the final night of the five star Grand Prix for this year. Um, this show had three of the top, maybe ten or twelve, but definitely like top 15 matches in stardom this year in the last three matches like back to back to back and like the most impressive thing about it is that like Shuri is like in one of them goes to a 20 minute draw um basically like sits and uh and goes out to the back for like 25 minutes and then comes back out and has another (laughs) has another fucking banger another like four and three quarter star match um, it was super fucking impressive and like, um, you know, like obviously she did the 43 minute match with Utami, but like, and I think a lot of people do not give Lind, um, or give appreciation to the amount of stamina and when you have to have to go long in these matches that are like at starters pacing, like if you are a pro wrestler and you take care of everybody, you can wrestle WWE style and you can go hour. If you wrestle New Japan, you can, I'm pretty sure most of the top guys there can go all go an hour. Fairly, not no super difficult task. Ric Flair used to go hour all the time, all the damn time. Back old, old school wrestlers used to go hour, hour long Broadway all the goddamn time. Slower pace, all that. But wrestling at like the pacing of these starter matches has to be super taxing. And for Shuri to basically do that in one match 
take a breather, and then go back out there and do it again for the final. Super fucking impressive. Um, you know, like... Well, frankly, it, it's as impressive as, like, anything Bret Hart did in The King of the Ring 1993. Like, it's on that level or above it. Like, we're talking about higher match quality, for one. Yeah. Um, we're not dealing with probably the level of physicality that Bret was dealing with that night where he had yeah. to go through fucking Bam Bam and Razor and fucking... Uh, the ring was Mr. perfect. One thing is the ring was a lot harder that Brett was bumping on. Yeah. So, th- so there is that that Brett also had to go through that from a physical standpoint. But, um, well, we're talking about like Brett this is like one Brett of the great one night. Like that. Yeah, we're we're talking like one of the great one night performances you'll ever see. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I I don't think I've ever seen any person ever like do go four and three quarters and then. And then twenty minutes later, go four and three quarters, like right, right, a fucking in, like that was fucking wild. Um, she, uh, well, let's 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 let's. That's just my my initial thoughts of was like this is a great show, great final three matches. God damn, sure he's awesome. That's my immediate that's my immediate takeaway in general from this show. Uh, but um, going through it, so. Um, it was interesting how they did this, and it was also like really um, almost validating how we talked about these blocks. We started this, started uh, previewing this about like this blue block is some is something else, man. It's something special, and they said we're not going to go back and forth between blocks. Like, there's no Julie on the card; she's hurt. She had to forfeit all her points out. Let's get these four um, red block matches. Give them the fuck on. Let's get to this blue block. <laughs> It's gonna be fantastic. So, um, the the first match ended up being Mina versus Nasapoy. Now, um, Mina throughout uh, certain, um, depending on the show, like let's say it was Cork and Hall, where they actually have the um, the Titantron, if you will, for lack of a better word, a, like uh, a projector. Um, they would show Mina drawing her opponent and then like drawing them ugly on purpose because she's being a jerk to them. Like <laughs> she did it to Julia at the, I want to say it was the. I think it was the 16th show. Uh, September 16th. I can't remember. But, um, and Julia walked down. She sees her, seeing her, sees herself drawn ugly with crayons. She's like, hey, what the fuck is this? But, um, she did it to uh, Nassipoy, um, on, uh, Saturday. Nassipoy did not like that. Um, and also, I think it's also a bit of, um, payback towards Mina getting, or Nassipoy bullying Mina. Uh, over the last few months, like making oh, her yes. pose, doing the pose off thing, mocking her pose, like exposing her, like you're just you know you you were just uh, this vapid nothing except for you you you, you and your your large chest. So there's also uh, videos like I uh, the JML shared with me like I guess Donna Domondo and um um freaking Cosmic Angels were on at a Twitter war and there were videos like where um. Nassipoy was doing the pose in like a shower looking place or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was fucking hilarious. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm talking about as far as that video is all I'm talking about as far as like just bullying in the last few months. So, um, and that, that goes in line with like after that Tam white belt match with Nassipoy where, um, Tam won, like Nassipoy then went after, uh, got Micah and Hameka and like went after the trios titles from Quint- from Cosmic Angels and like, uh, they beat him in a non-title match. They get a title shot. They went to a thirty-minute uh, draw, and now they're getting a rematch uh, on Sunday, uh, this coming Sunday. So, um, 
so like it's it's been brewing for a few for a while now. Um, just that Natsupoi and Hameka were hurt, so like now they're back. Um, so they have their match and it starts off with a comedy of them like mock each other with the taunts and everything. And at one point they both like start rope running and they both go to do the pose at the same time. Um, and then they end up outside the ring and, uh, they start fighting on the ring. And then one of them hits the other with a freaking, um, body slam on the, on the ramp. Um, and then they brawl back towards the ring as a, as a, uh, count has been going on. And then at the end, I want to say Nasapoy uh, went tried to get in. Mina grabbed her DDT her on the floor and then got in and beat by nineteen and won on count out. Right, right. I didn't expect that. I was like, huh, <laughs> but it wasn't like done badly or anything. No, it, it wasn't. It was, it it was just surprising it, it happened in the first match or anything. Yeah. So you know, I I'll give him a pass. They probably had to make the points work somehow. So no, well, no, nah, they were all eliminated. They just did just do it. Like oh, the real thing is this. Here's the real thing. Mina should not be beating Nasapoy. Ah. So, but Nasa but uh Mina was doing English commentary. Like once she got done with this match, she was gonna, you know, get dressed and then go out to uh go with Stuart Fulton and do English commentary. So it was like, okay, just I don't know if it's exactly the best thing or just to beat her for no reason, just to beat her and then send her off the commentary. Like, that kind of stinks. So, yeah. it threw her a bone and it didn't matter towards the points, whatever else. Like, and that's why it got to, she had nine points. If she had got to 11, she she wouldn't have advanced. Because mm, Mumble okay. had 12. So, it didn't matter. Um, so, uh, so the next match after that, they end up going to Def Yamasa yes. versus Saki. Yes. Oh man. I was here we go. Um so this is Def, your time. I don't know why you enjoy you her know, so much, but this is your time. You the Def the Def Yamasan or the Def or the Funky Can Def uh slot of one H radio for, for when Rich talks about this clown this demon clown yes. wrestling. Yes. So Def, um, uh, you know, I I was wondering if Def Def could make Saki watchable slash interesting. Um uh, she did fine enough. Um, I, I I got some enjoyment out of Def smoking that pack. Um, <laughs> you know, there's there's a photo I tweeted out, and it was the sake pack. You know, she she beat her, oh and um, you know, not really much to add there, but it was quick. It was a minute fifty two, but uh, yeah. you know, I'm always here for Def. Yeah, like they, you know, they did smoking jokes, and then at the end, or then by the end, um. Definitely winning with her old Connor role that she always beats people with. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, like her and Saki, like they they take a squad in the middle of the ring and they and they start smoking. They will start smoking together and then they walk out uh, arms over each other's shoulders. And he's like, whatever. We didn't really care about this fucking match. Look, look Saki, Saki didn't know like you know she was smoking a pack of herself. You know. Look, when you don't care, don't you know? I guess it's easy to do that to yourself. Um, so. Then we get to the actual, um, like, who advances a uh, portion of the show uh, for the red block. You end up getting Momo, who's a leader with 12 points. Momo has uh, the only two other people that are eligible to advance uh, at this point would be Hugmeka and uh, Starlight Kid, who she lost to both of them. So she loses any type of situation. Uh, Starlight Kid is one point behind, um, and Hameka is two points behind. So if she gets his win here, she, she gets in front of. Uh, mumble potentially and has to and gets, gets to go to the back and watch if see if Starlight Kid can uh, best her. But right, um, so 
It's Hameka versus Kaguma, and I watched, and I saw this going to the show, and I'm like, God damn it, they're going to have uh, Hameka beat Kaguma, and, H- and uh, Hameka's going to make it to the final for the second year in a row. Um, but they start the match, and Hameka, and, and Kaguma has done a Orange Cassie-like job on Hameka, where instead of starting to, like, get her frustrated off her game by doing the, the don't care type of stuff and giving her a false insecurity... Mm-hmm. She has, uh, Kaguma has suckered Hameka with the cuteness in the, in the bear ears and the, and all that. Yes. So Hameka starts doing the bear ears and it's fucking adorable. <laughs> I'm the most adorable 5'8, five, 5'9 five, woman you'll ever see in your life. And she's, and Kaguma's just waiting, like, yeah, I gotcha. You. you like that? You like the, you've been drawn like a monster flame. Gotcha. You know, got him. You know, <laughs> so. Kaguma then starts rolling her ass in a million different pins. Um, Oklahoma, victory rolls. Oklahoma rolls, victory rolls, uh, all types of rolls. Hameka is spinning like a fucking dreidel. Um, Hameka, so then Hameka gets tired of that shit and hits her with a JBL clothesline. Fuck all this shit. Yes. Uh, so then Hameka starts beating on her. Uh, I think at one point she gets her up and tries to go for the, uh, the, um, the JP coaster, but she escapes. Then by the end, basically, um, she ends up getting caught. She ends up getting caught in the same flash pin, the same school, this bridging over schoolboy thing that she, that Kaguma has, like a Venus uh, flytrap has snared a bunch of people, got her, caught her, stacked her and pinned her, and, or not stacked her, but pinned her, and got the win, eliminated Hameka, and Kaguma, the bear, is, is, is smoking on giant pack. Like, just, uh, and by that point in time, she, 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 you know, she stole one. Yeah, she stole one. She, you know, it's, I think some people given that swindled, um, given that the other two people were Starlight Kid and Momo would say that she saved the bracket. I'm going to go that far because Omega's, you know, Omega's had some good ass match for the person that just returned from two months off. Um, so, so yeah, like, so now the ultimate people left at this point are Momo on 12 and Starlight Kid on 11 who has a tiebreaker over, um, over Momo. So all she has to do is tie. And uh, she can advance. So is is Starlight Kid versus Momo, and they have a Starlight Kid versus Momo match. I think their match from last year's Grand Prix was better because Mayu basically said, "I'm going to gonna like try to break my neck for you." Literally, like she did like five different or three or four different spots on her. She's lands on her neck, uh, on on top of her head for from uh, Starlight Kid in that match. But um, they 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 really went at it. Um, Lots of lots of high speed elements in this match. There was one big yeah. botch where they were trying to go for like a either a um Mayu is basically has her up like she's gonna give her own version of a running through power bomb. Kid gets on her back and go tries to turn into a code red, but Mayu can't hold her up and like by the time you can see that she's about to like tilt over, like Kid tries to turn into a reverse Rana from her position, but she wasn't in a position to do it, and it just she, they both just dump on on their bot, dump on themselves and fall. Yep. Um, but um, by the end they're in a brawling back and forth, throwing big chops at each other overhand at each other, and then um, I don't know how, but like almost in like a flash, Mayu basically just just picks up, um. Just picks up kid and just d- picks her and dumps her with a second stage dragon uh, suplex. That it's shit awesome. was beautiful. It was awesome. Like, 
it was like all in one motion. Camera angle, the fucking uh, the execution of the suplex bridge. Like no one's no one was flailing awkwardly. Like it was. It looked like a a damn uh, like a like a motion capture suplex, <laughs> like for a video game or some shit. That's um, like you know, I'm I'm Team Zumi, but Starlight Kids like winning me over a lot. Um, I love her new music. Um, and you know, at the end of the match, like you know, Mayu tried to try to shake hands, and it's all like his smatter still. And then the whole energy was like, like you're close, but you still got a long way to go. Yeah. Um, and immediately after that, Azumi was out to answer. You know, well, well, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart energy. <laughs> so doubling back real quick, when you said the the uh, Starlight Kid smacked her, Starlight Kid smacked her. And then Mayu still walked up to her, hugged her, pat her on the back of her head, big sister, and then sh- literally shoved her from the back of her head out the ring. Like, look, I'm not gonna uh, take too many of these. I ain't gonna take too many more of these slaps. But I still love you. But you, but I, but you ain't you ain't on my level yet. And one day, yeah. man, one day we'll, you might get there. But like, not. Yeah, still be here uh, with me. I wonder if um, Starlight Kid takes to the uh, the little woman energy a la Chris Paul. You know, she, if she doesn't appreciate being patted on the head or something like that. <laughs> okay, so last year's uh, tag league, uh, one of the teams was Shuri and Hameka. And you're yep. like, Shuri and Hameka were a team? Why the fuck did they win the tag league? Why did they go undefeated win? But um, they had uh, Mayu and, and Starlight Kid as a team. And, like, the whole match is, like, Paired off, whereas like Mayu and Shuri, and then you have um, Hameka, and then Starlight has to deal with fucking Hameka, right? So yeah. by the end of the match, Mayu and Shuri are out the ring, and it's, the two legal people are uh, Hameka and Shuri, and Hameka beats uh, Kid's ass. Not Sh- uh, Hameka and Kid are in the ring. So Hameka is beating um, Kid's ass, and she's about to give her that running power bomb, and she turns into a uh, Hurricane Ron and gets the pin, and like, you should see the faces that Shuri and Mayu make out, out like, on the floor as she, as she pins the giant. And they couldn't fucking believe it. And then Mayu gets in the ring and she looks at Shuri and she points the three out to her. And Shuri has it. Her eyes are, like, bugging out of her face, uh, Shuri's. And then, like, Mayu gets in the ring and grabs a kid and hugs her and pats the back of her head. And it's like, the and she's, like, this, the biggest smile you've ever seen in your life. But, um... Like so, like that that whole little sis thing has been happening for a long time between those two. Like I think at the end of that promo that uh from the tag league, like uh I'm not even going to say that. Never mind, it's not. This doesn't matter. But it was fucking hilarious. But um yeah, like it's still there. Like they're eventually going to have a, a big match on, on a big show eventually, and like it's gonna be a lot. Like it's gonna be similar to like when um EO put over uh, Momo in 2018 before she left uh, for mm-hmm. WWE, where it's like. I'm, I'm gonna put you over. I'm gonna make you, you know, I'm gonna do the best I can, all that kind of stuff. We're gonna try and tell a story of you surpassing me and all that kind of stuff. And like, I'm interested to see what this looks like over the next, you know, however long it is. Um, it's right. gonna be fun. Um, and then after that, we have so Momo advances with 12 points. To Zumi the and Ruaka. Yeah. And um, does Zumi work in a miracle? It looked like it's Ruaka like a was three, cool. It's like a three minute match. Yeah. Um. Azumi is all over her, the speed. Rock is over counter, over, um, is coming back with power at times. Um, and then Oedo Tai starts cheating. 
Like so, uh, Starlight Kid's not there, but that's um. But you have Death and Saki still there, and they're helping in in Rena, and they're helping uh them cheat, uh, helping Rocket cheat. So like they bring out like the gimmick that uh Rocket uses to hit people over the head with the cheat, and um Azumi is able to um get it and use it against Rocka ends up getting the pin after thwarting uh, <laughs> uh the other people that actually got in the ring. She thwarts them, gets them out of the ring before she ends up pinning Rocka with Azumi Sushi and wins. It's like a three three minute and three thirty seconds type of match, but like it was okay. Um, obviously this is the worst match that Azumi's had in the tournament, but like, that's the worst opponent. Like if you look at, I'm going to do the average star, my average star ratings for all this stuff. And I'm going to do like the grapple thing where they get rid of like the evil match from last year or like the, uh, um, uh, the Yano matches. And I'm going to yeah. see like what it looks like when I'm going to, I'm going to do all of them, like what their actual averages were. And I'm going to do like what they are when like they don't, they didn't have Rokas and see where it is. Like. There were lots of that. That blue block was loaded, man. Um, so second match, you end up getting um, I believe it was Kamatani and Unagi. Uh, Kamatani Unagi or wait, yep. let's sure. Yeah, Kamatani Unagi. Um, this is a weird match. They make sense from from an aesthetic standpoint. Like they have similar builds. Their games are totally different. Um. And given where they are in kayfabe, one has to dominate the other throughout the match. So Kamatani, Kamatani is a much improved wrestler uh, from even a year ago when I thought she was still like promising. But obviously the promise has paid off a lot this year. Um, but I still have a hard time watching her lead in a match and be on top of somebody. Like it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's a natural fit for her, at least not yet. Um, but she, you know, she's so she always works as an underdog so much in her matches. So like, it's kind of an odd thing to see her like be the the person that's in she's in the ring with. Like, she has to dominate to make the match work. But um, it was still okay. Um, I feel like she did a smart thing by not doing any of the advanced flying stuff that she she wants to do with Unagi because that could have been bad. Um, like I don't I, like, I don't want to see like Unagi her, trying to take Rana's. Nah, I, I liked her kind of catching her out of nowhere with a, with a couple of those Rana roll ups though. Um, and Kamatani's growing on me a lot. Like I'm 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 digging I'm digging what she got going on. Um, uh, and um and I I think like. You know, every time I hear it, Unagi's like, um, like not this higher ranked wrestler or anything like that. But I'm always like impressed with what, like how she fights in the match. Yeah, and, she, yeah, she has heart. She definitely has heart. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's the point of her match right now, and I think that's what they do with a lot of the younger girls. Is like, you you have to sit here, you have to take a lot of punishment, but like we'll get you your spots where you fight back. Um, I think the thing for me that was tough for me at the beginning was like I watch her comeback stuff, like when she does like the. Like the running face buster thing, mm-hmm. it seems kind of soft for stardom, but whatever. Like it's grown over time. She's done so much; it's, it's grown on me. Um, and I think she uses it better now. Um, but in general, um, I, I, this match this match was about as good as I thought it'd be. Um, it's it's a good match. It's over three stars. It's three stars at worst. Um, but like. Uh, I, I did like that, or I, I wasn't a fan of Kamatani getting just dropped with the move with uh with Kam- or with Unagi's move. I would have liked if she had brought out or broke out some new flash roll up or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, maybe I'm being too picky. Like 
if Tam get dropped by it, maybe Kamatani should be able to, I guess, but I don't know. I just I like I would like to have shot Kamatani some build right there, but whatever. Um yeah, but Kamatani she ends up um she was on eleven. She ends up losing to uh Unagi, so she's eliminated. Um Shuri has eleven, she's in front of everybody. Um so next match is Micah versus uh Konami. By that point I was like, okay, so they just hit they look they got rid of uh, Hameka with Kaguma. They got rid of uh, Kamatani with Unagi. Konami will stand a chance. <laughs> like, like, Konami will stand a chance. And so it's Micah versus Konami. She has 10 points. She has a tiebreaker over Shuri. By this point in time, I'm like, nah, man. They're not finna, they're not finna put uh, Konami through. She, she, she's done. She's done. Because Mom- they're not finna do a Momo versus Konami. Um... Grand Prix final, like that is for 2019. This is 2021. Uh, uh-uh, not happening. It's so, a new day. yeah, they they're having a match. It's a really good match. Um, there's a spot where um, Konami's working over the arms uh, on the power wrestler. Obviously, there's a spot where at one point I forgot what kind of lift Michael was going for with Konami, but Konami basically got to her back and put her in a sta- rings of Saturn while um Michael was standing, and it looked awesome. Mm. Um, so match continues going. They're going back and forth with with, with strikes and 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 whatnot. And then by the end, uh, Mike gets the better of her and drops her with a mission overdriver. Um, I thought it was a really good match. Probably like three and a half. Um, I have no memory of this match. Like I, I think I mean, it's look, what comes it, up, look what's coming yeah, up next. There's like the top three, and then like the undercard had been going on for so long already. And I was like, uh, is it? Right. It, it, was a, <laughs> it was a three and a half star match. It went six minutes. It was a really good match, but it was like. Yeah, you know, you know, like look, you're they're about you're about you're about to see four four and three quarters, four and a half, four and three quarters. Like you, it's, it's, I imagine it's easy to forget. So, um, but my favorite winning should have had death in this match. You know, oh. we, 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 we right, you know, yeah, you know, take take Konami out of there, you oh know, and God. put death in. You know, oh boy, the things you come up with. So, yeah, um, shout out to all the people in the chat, all five of y'all. <laughs> so. The um so next match is Shuri, the point leader with eleven points, versus Takumi Raw, who's on ten, and she basically needs everybody to lose to make it work. So she's so far, she's uh three for three for all the things she needs. All she needs at this point is she needs to beat Takumi, or Takumi needs to beat Shuri, and then needs Tam to beat um Utami. And she and she and she can advance. Um, now I have been told, like I've never known this before, because they don't really go this deep into the the. They don't go into like the eighth tiebreaker, like they do in New Japan for the G one. Like so, I've never seen like a what happens if people are tied that go to and have the same amount of points. I have been told that like if that ever happens, which it won't ever because they're only doing it in one show. I've been told that like they'll have a playoff in in the case of that happening. But I I know. Just for people that watch this shit, they know like we there ain't gonna be no playoff. Ain't no playoffs. <laughs> ain't no playoff. Playoffs. Bid. So ain't no playoff bid. So um it so Takumi in theory would need to win this match and then have Tam and then hope that Tam beats Utami. So she, but she's in up with Shuri. And then they go into the ring <laughs> and I've seen the first time I saw Takumi Aroha was the first time I ever saw her was actually on accident. I didn't even realize who she was, but like watching that that shoot 
um, Yoshiko thing on at Kakazawa from 2015. And then, first time I ever saw Russell was watching her come out as a surprise for EO's gauntlet uh, retirement or leaving stardom match, right? And I was like, who the fuck is out here with this playing this like graduation macho man music? She comes to the ring and she has awesome haircut and the, the full Chikusa Nagayo full full length body singlet thing that's leather and, and pleather or whatever and shiny. And I'm like, who the fuck is this? So f- over the years, I, uh, and then I ended up watching her when she won the uh, Beyond the Sea title from Nanai. Um, she was a second ever champion. Um, and that match was awesome. That's like four and a half. So I was like, damn, she's really good. And found out that like she was in stardom and all that kind of stuff. And all, all the story, all the stuff we know now. And every time she comes back to stardom, it's, a, it's just a blast to see her. And, but the thing about her is every time I've ever seen her wrestle, she has been the bully. I did not know that Shuri was such a bad motherfucker that she starts off the match for like the first half of the match and Shuri's bullying the fucking bully. Like, so I had a similar thought uh, to that. I, um, I was like thinking, I was like, Shuri is like the toughest person in your school, right? That mm-hmm. you that you see every day mm-hmm. that you already know their reputation and they're fighting like the tough motherfucker you heard about like in the in the school like mm-hmm. that, that you only see a couple times a year. And it's like what is this person, this tough person going to do right. with this tough person? Right. And the match starts out, it is just mat wrestling, and they're rolling, and like people, and they're fighting for side control, and they're pulling guard, and it's just excellent. And like, obviously, it's it's a lot of the elements that Shuri, being a former UFC fighter, should have the advantage in, and you know, telling the story. But she gets on top, and um, she controls it, and then like she's just she's just wearing she's wearing um Takumi's ass out on the mat and it was like wow I've never really seen anybody really like more or less kick Takumi's ass for an extended period of time never really seen it um like I've seen her go 50-50 with people plenty of time but like just whoop straight up like she's selling her ass off she's in pain and she's hurting and all that kind of stuff outside of like a, or you know someone gets a random submission never really seen it for an extended period of time this absolutely happens in the first few minutes and I didn't know she I didn't know I never saw it, so I didn't know she was so good at actually selling it. But like the fact that she she carries herself the way she's had in the years that I've seen her, where her sell like that, it just took it to a whole nother love for me. It was awesome, and like this incredible like floor and chain and mat wrestling uh, for like the first ten minutes of the match, and then from there they start opening up and they start throwing the blows, and it's just like this excellent slaps like real loud, um, big kicks to the face, forearms, um, uh, Shibata soccer kicks to the chest, like yeah. This was just like f- insane physicality, physicality that would make your uh, your average uh, watcher be like, "Is this safe?" But oh, yeah. like, like, like show show this to those motherfuckers that, that they they hate Sasha Banks for like kicking Alexa Bliss in the gut through the ropes one time, yeah, like, and like not hard at all, and they they they, they fucking faint. Um, yeah, like this was like a war, a twenty a minute war. war. This was like. I always wanted to see Shuri versus Takumi, and then mind you, combine this with what Shuri does later to uh, later on against Momo. Like this was an all-time one-night performance, like I said uh, before, yeah. and 
I, you know, they did the draw for a reason, and I wanted to see someone get beat up raw, um, <laughs> like like James once said by the end of the match, and I didn't get it, but that's okay. Um, but this was just like incredible. Go out of your way to see this. Put down the yen, whatever you got to do whenever they get the, get the shit up. You know, I watched it through a different through different means. You ain't got to tell them all that. Um. Yeah, I didn't tell him where I watched it, but um, yeah, man, this is incredible. Um, I was easily four and three quarters on this. And like I told James, if I start talking about the match and how much I liked it, I could probably go five stars on this. Yeah. Like it was like people are people are rating on a cage match. If it's a five star match, I wouldn't go that far. It's only 20 minutes. But, you know, I'm just kind of like I'm not. I'm not if it's under 20 minutes, I'm not really about to give anything unless it's like, unless it's like one of the best matches I've ever seen in my life. Like, I'm just not going to do that. Like, so that's just me. This is it's a weird G- GP thing I'm on. I don't know. But, um, yeah, it was a incredible yeah, match. Incredible and match. They, and the way they wrestled it, they didn't wrestle it in the style of like somebody has somebody. And it was similar to what we talked about why we liked um, the finish to Omega and Danielson, where it's like, it's not some somebody has somebody beaten and then they beat the bell or whatever else. It's like there's a fight. They're going. They're they're fighting and they're fighting through the bell, and we don't know how it would have went. And the whole point is they gotta have a they have to have a match eventually to figure out how the fuck this is gonna go. And they did the same thing with Takumi and, and Utami um the week before, where it's like they're fighting through the bell and you don't know who was winning at the time. You have no guess or whatever else, and there's no you know, visual pin or, or whatever else. Somebody got saved by the bell. None of that. So, I, and I like, I, I like him. Um, and this was just an incredible match, as, as you said. And, um, geez, like, they're, whenever they do throw down, like, these next two Takumi matches for the Red Belt are just going to be fucking fantastic. Um, so. This was a One Nation Radio match. One Nation Radio athletes, you know, Shuri and Takumi Roja. Just wanted to make sure everybody knew that. <laughs> so. So, um, they go to a draw. So that puts Shuri at twelve points. Um, so Utami. So Takumi's eliminated. Um, Utami. She has a shot to win now. Um, she could get the twelve points, and then well, she could get the twelve points, and then potentially get to the playoff with Shuri, which would have been like what. <laughs> like, if they had done, if, like, imagine if Shuri would have had to go three matches. She could have done it, but imagine if she had to go three matches tonight. They would, obviously wouldn't happen, but, like, um, so, versus Tam. Tam, in the tournament, um, typical white belt champion the last three years that I've seen with uh, Arissa, with uh, Julia last year and this year, leaking points to potential chal- uh, title challengers in the future. Um, I remember when Arissa, she lost to Konami. She lost to... Jamie, she lost to, uh, she went to a tie with Kagetsu, and she ended up facing all of them in, um, later in white belt title matches. Last year, Julia lost to Hameka, uh, lost to Konami, um, lost to Tam. She faced all of them, um, in the back half, uh, of the year, or after the, the end of the year. Um, so Tam, she, you know, she faced Takumi, had a great match, lost. Had a great match with Shuri, lost. Um, she's one of the top four. Um, 
you know, leak the match off to, uh, trick the match off to, <laughs> to, uh, Unagi because she's her homegirl, uh, lost to Kamatani, but beat everybody else. So, um, she had no big signature win for a white belt champion. And I was sitting there looking like, are they, like, how's, you know, obviously they, they love her, but like, are they treating her like she's an underdog and they just be happy to have the belt? Or is she actually, you know, somebody pushes like an actual, un, not unbeatable, like a top champ? Like, I think, if you look at her individually, you look at just her um, title defenses or whatever else, they haven't treated her like as if she is the biggest deal in the world. You look at her trio stuff where she is literally like doing these superhuman efforts in these uh, trios matches, it's a little different story. But when you combine them, you kind of think, you kind of get like a fuller picture. Um, mm-hmm. So this Utami match is basically like, a match that I really wanted to see because I've seen them in tags together and like they were dynamite tags for, for about, you know, over a year they've been dynamite tags and they've been in the get ring together and trios matches or what have you. So in tag, you know, in um, tag settings and whatever else, even back when Tam was a star. So I've always been interested to see like if they had a big time singles match, what it would look like. And, you know, a lot of times like you think of like the common tiny matches, I think maybe Utami is holding back from, some of these women and then like people like Shuri and Momo or Mayu or um, Takumi, she just, she'll lay into you. Like you, she's fully on leashes. And I was wondering how this is going to go. And like on this stage, the summer main event of this shit, like the Utami is like, nah, Tam, you're on that level. I'm finna give you the full Utami. <laughs> like, experience i'm finna rag all the hell out of you i'm finna beat the shit out of you i'm finna throw you like utami's all over tammy to start this match and then by the uh by a certain point they end up on the apron i know they end up on the apron and tam is up top and she's about to try to because she's been getting beaten on some bad she's try, desperate she's trying to get a a dragon sleeper a hanging dragon sleeper off the uh off the um top turnbuckle sitting on the top turnbuckle on um, Utami. Utami ain't having none of that. She puts her on her shoulders and then she, she's facing the out, she's facing the floor. She throws this woman off her shoulders from the top yes. of the apron and Tam, sp- and basically hurls her like five, six, seven feet from the, uh, from the ring and Tam goes splat and then right on her knees and her arms and her chest and then she started rolling around almost like a roach that just got like, you, like a, you saw a roach and you stomped on it and the legs just just keep like uh shaking and scrambling and it, i was like oh my god so For the folks in the twitch twitch chat i just played that fat man scoop timbaland <laughs> timbaland now drop <laughs> yeah quick. so utami goes to get her and um tam uh resourceful like finds an escape uh i think i think utami's going for a suplex uh tam escapes and then she's hitting a, a bicycle knee and then i'm back in the ring and then from there it's just like it's more great wrestling. And then, um, Tam desperate realizing like, I can't beat this woman with just a, with just a tiger, my regular tiger suplex finisher. I can't beat her with my, um, my, uh, bicycle knee. I can't beat her with any of the stuff, any of my normal stuff. I gotta go to, I gotta go to the fucking big face Joker. I gotta go and hit her with this fucking, uh, violent screwdriver, this standard screwdriver. And yes. she goes for it one time. Utami is like, oh no, you ain't hitting me with that. You out your fucking mind. Uh, gets out of it, drops her, 
uh, and then Tam was able to uh, later on in the match is a uh, beating her down, getting her up, and then dropping her with the violet screwdriver, and then getting her up and hitting her with the uh, the super finish of Twilight Dream, that special uh, interlocked version of the uh, Tiger Suplex that she does that she dropped that she beat Julia with, like, and like this was the best element of both of them. This was underdog babyface from Reeves Tam Nakano, which is where she's at her best versus on the hunt looking for blood utami and this was a great match it went 12 minutes four and a half stars like i just imagine what this match would have been if it had been 17 or 17 minutes or 19 minutes like they're, they're just really good i hope they have another match again um somewhere down the line in a some type of title set between one of them like but tam beat a red belt champion something that clean i don't think she's ever done that before this kind of puts her like at a point to where it's like, all right, it, depending on if and when this white belt thing ends, you should be like, she could be groomed for not necessarily groomed to be a regular champion. I don't necessarily say that, but like she should be somebody that will like then now after all these years, after chasing after the white belt, like after in the afterlife, like she should start looking at setting her goals on the red belt after this is done. So I yeah. thought that was really cool. Yeah, this is, um, I would think sometimes within wrestling, like when you see like champions face off, right? You naturally kind of want to see the, the quote unquote lower ranked champion rise up, right? Mm-hmm. And she did that here. And it, when she did that, uh, the violet, what was that called? Steiner screwdriver. She calls it, she takes out Steiner as violet. Yeah. Uh, violet screwdriver. Saw that shit. I knew it was a wrap. Like, <laughs> yeah. so, so, um, yeah, like in, Takumi's like, or excuse me, not Takumi. Uh, Utami has run over everyone for a year almost, um, and she's setting up a couple matches here. Um, that, like you said, if that the white belt thing ends, she's going to, I think, fall naturally into whether it's facing uh, Utami or whoever. Like she'll she'll like just move over divisions and then like the white belt will be taken over by like your Saya Kamatani's and like Starlight Kid, um, Nasty Boy, Starlight Suki. Kid, Nasty Boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, but potentially Unagi and, Amin- and Mina, depending on the rate of progression, keeps tracking how it's been going. Like this year, then maybe in like a year from now, maybe they could start getting themselves into that that that, that white belt picture. So that happens in. That means that you're getting Shuri and you're getting uh, Momo for the final. Yes. I finally got what I wanted. I want you to talk want, about that. Speak about that, know, Rich. Finally got what I wanted, and I didn't even realize it until, like, they came out. And I was like, <laughs> this is the Shuri-Momo match. Like, And then the, it, made, it put those draws uh, earlier in the year, like, that they did and, like, the cancellations and mm-hmm. uh, all that shit. I was so, like, let's fucking go. Yeah. You so, know. last year's Grand Prix... Um, the weekend that she was supposed to face Momo, um, Shuri's mother died. Um, so she ended up missing that show and then she wrestled the next night, the next day against Azumi and she dropped, uh, she had, she lost to Azumi. Um, so then in January, um, early January, they had a, a match that went to a time limit draw and then they had an SWA belt match at the end of January, I want to say it was like the same weekend as the Mayu and Tam match and went to a draw and um, they had a really good match. Um, but you, th- 
it has like a four. It's like a four flat star match, but like you felt like there, there was a way better match in those two, given the stuff you've seen from them over the, the all the 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the match. Yep. <laughs> this, this is the match that we've been waiting for. So um, before fucking ruled. So before uh, the entrance happened, they did this really cool thing with uh, Yuzupan with uh, Yuzuki Akawa. Um, they had her interview the finalists, which is a, a just a great benefit and something that's going to be missed on people that didn't watch this live or didn't watch the pay-per-view feed of this. Just only going to watch the cut-up version of it that's going to be added to uh, uh, Stardom World. Like, Yuzuki, Yuzuki goes back there. She talks to Momo and asks her about her, you know, what do you, you know, what is your mindset or how do you, what are you thinking about going into the final? And, and talk to her. So then they go to another break. Um, they cut to some advertising and then they come back and then they have Yuzuki then go to Shuri. They go to Shuri in the back and Shuri is like, uh, basically like laid out but on like this, like basically like in a concrete tunnel, an arena tunnel. She's basically mm-hmm. like laid out with a, with one of those, uh, bags on her head and her neck. And then Julia's with her and Julia's holding another one to her neck and she just looks fucking done. She looks like she's just exhausted and hurt. And she cusses promo and um, she says, like, more or less, it's translated from Stuart Fulton, says, like, I'm, you know, I'm, I had a match, it was grueling or whatever else, but I'm, I'm going to see it through. Got to see it through, my boy. So <laughs> um, I thought it was great. It was a great visual to see, like, Julia back there with her, like, tending her. Now she's eliminated, but she's back there with a friend and all that kind of stuff. Put her tag partner, her tag team champion partner, and trying to help her recoup in time for the for the match. So then they Put it come like down. this. I, I was catching the stream. I didn't have the translation. I knew everything that was fucking going on when yeah. I saw this. <laughs> you you are build you are building this the legend of Shuri Kondo. That's what you're doing right then and there. So Momo comes out, then Shuri comes out, and then like keep in mind the first match when she was wrestling Takumi, there was not a doubt. She looked like I will kill this one if I have to, uh, to to win and get to this uh, to get to the final. She comes out and she has this look on her face like just vulnerability and doubt and I don't know if I can do this. And it was just like, oh my God, like this woman is the fucking best. Like she's just the best. So she's coming down to the ring and she's, and she, you, you see it on her face, like just the doubt of, I don't know if I'm, if I'm going to be able to beat her after I just went through what I went through and how I'm feeling. Like, I just don't know. I don't know. Like the, the odds are against me, but I'm, I'm going to fight and God damn it. She did. She, her and Momo, they had a hell of a match. Like she had another four and a half, four and three quarter star match. Like after just wrestling another one, 25 to 20 minutes before. Um, yeah, there's, I, I mean, there's been so much wrestling I've watched since, but I can't give it a breakdown. You watch the reason you give, can you give me a breakdown of uh, a little bit of breakdown of some of the stuff that happened, but <sighs> lot, I, lot, I don't really have much for you moves wise. Mm-hmm. I can just tell you about like the atmosphere around it. it was like Momo was like, it was like she started with more bullets in the gun, but like as the time went on, it like evened out, like mm-hmm. even though, um, Sharia took this ass whooping earlier in in the night. She was running on overdrive where it was like, I'm here now. Like, like there ain't no like breaks to take. Like there's like, it's me and you and I want that fucking trophy. And they kicked the shit out of each other and used lots of like submissions. And, um, it was just like, yeah, that was was great. That was was great. That was a good one where, um, 
Momo was like, I'm ending this. Like it was a, it was a, it was a near fall. And she immediately slapped on that cross, uh, that cross chicken wing and like yeah. wrapped the legs in a like, Oh my God, this is done. Like it was a great, you know, near fall or, you know, tease of a finish. Um, but you know, by the end, like Shuri, man, she just kept fighting. There was a, there were buzzsaw kicks and all that kind of stuff. And just by the end, like got Momo up with Emerald, uh, Flosion, didn't drop on her neck. Like she dropped, um, uh, Kamatani or Micah in nice one and two, but dropped her, flipped her over, dropped her and got the pin and like, Shuri she is fucking the fucking it. best. She's yeah. the fucking best. Yeah. So tell tell who you want, who you need to. Like, this is a top three wrestler. Like in 2021, and, definitely. Yes. And like observer this year, like she's like the one. Like Yeah. Um like she runs Joshi to me. Like she's she's the like She's the best woman she, wrestler in the world. Like it's not close. Like I was going to say, I was saving this after like the trophy presentation, all that kind of stuff. But like, she's the best. She, she's the best woman's wrestler in the world. Like we were watching a hall of fame, a hall of fame level talent. Yeah. right here. Like, and I'm not talking about no fake hall of fame that actually doesn't exist. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm talking about like hall of fame caliber wrestler, someone that you're going to be telling people about 20 years ago when you got to watch Shuri. Like when you got to see her in 2021, like how we pull up Aja Kong and Minami Toyota from 1995. Like this is what what we're seeing month after month after month. This is a special performer um, who you don't even have to speak the language. You it transcends language. Like if you know the language of pro wrestling, like Shuri is speaking to you loud and clear. She's undoubtedly like has become like my favorite like woman wrestler in the world let alone one of my favorite wrestlers period like i i don't see anybody touching her in that country so for me the thing about the thing that makes it so visceral for her is like she's not like she's not like mayu where it's like she mayu knows all the fucking indie tricks in the world to get a match to pop right like a million super kicks or whatever else and then get behind you and then sell, do, do neck bumps like crazy, do head trauma like crazy, do reverse Rana's, do, um, crucifix bombs. Shuri doesn't do that. Shuri is ba- almost like a cross between like Minoru Suzuki and Shibata just thrown into Joshi. And granted, there have been plenty of, you know, shoot, shoot fighters in, in Joshi before. Right. But the way that she combines, like elements of what we watched when we first saw Asuka with like also throwing in like her CMLL run with like doing like head scissors at time, to- uh, you know, head scissors and uh, Casadoras at times or Casadoras at times. Like she just like over time, she is like, she went from coming in to starting and she was just a absolute killer, just kicks and knees and six point striker, when, you know, as they were trying to put over Alistair Black in, in WWE at first, right? Six point or eight point striker, just fists, elbows, knees, and feet, and like she has all of that. But like you throw in like the mat wrestling, that's so superb. You throw in um, the way she can sell. You, the way you throw in like her ranges of uh, with comedic timing. You throw in her charisma, her fire, her spirit. She's fucking being amazing. able to wrestle everybody. Yeah, like, and, and if she could choose, she could have a great match where she just could eat you up if she wanted to, and she could also have a match where she could sell the goofiest, weakest, flimsiest-looking offense in the world and make it like a million bucks. And 
she doesn't really care one way or the other. Whatever you want to do, she can do it. Like, she's just, she's, the, the bag is fucking gigantic. And it's, in, it is very impressive to watch her, um, on a weekend to weekend basis, watch her do her thing and whatever element, wherever up and down the car, just know that, like, you're going to get her going out there and she's going to bust her ass. I mean, that's everybody in starting to bust her ass, but, like, just the fact that, like, she has this level that she can reach by wrestling, like, just wrestling hard. Like, it's almost like Walter Okada-ish, where it's like, this person's not coming out here and doing a bunch of shit that, like, only, you know, 25 people in the world in wrestling could do as far as sequencing a match or whatever I set up to, to some big, gigantic uh, sequence of moves. She's doing base. She's doing quote unquote basic combat fighting wrestling. Yeah, for the most part, for ninety five percent of her arsenal, it's just old school wrestler, or more or less. And she's just fantastic at it. And then like you throw in like the pageantry of the entrance music in the in the in the uh, her her costume, whatever else. Like she is a fucking star among stars and stardom. And she's like she she's the best wrestler in she's the best woman's wrestler in the world. Jesus is. Um, by the end of this, uh, she wins, and like everybody from Donald Del Mondo, like going go to ring and fucking swarm her with his big gigantic hug, and like by that point in time, I was like, this is great. And then uh, they give her the trophy. It's a brand new trophy. Um, it is not the tr- it is not the previous trophy that we used to put uh, like tags of of the former winners on the on it. It is now engraved all the previous nine winners. You see. Uh, Yuzuki Akawa Nanai, Takahashi, Io Shirai, Kyrie Sane, uh, Yoko Bito, Tony Storm, uh, Mai Iwatani, uh, Hannah Kimura, and, um, and Utami Hayashishita. And you see it all in there, and you're just like, her name's gonna be on this thing, and like, you see her with the, with the crown that they give her in the, uh, in the cape, and like, she then, like, cuts a promo, and she has tears in her eyes, and you see, like, all that doubt that she had again, like, she made it through, and she's super happy that she made it through, and then, like, you see her stand up, and you see her, like, her voice start trembling, and then you see her, like, hold the trophy up to the sky, clearly talking about her mom, and just like, god damn, why you had to make me fucking cry? So, it was awesome. Like all this Shuri shit getting put in a clip tomorrow, like sure, Shuri is the best woman's wrestler in the world. She is! She is. Um Yeah, so then by that time that shit happens. It made me it made me think like before I was doing this, I I think I talked to you about before, like she she has over a four star average in this in this tournament. And then like she adds on these two fucking classics, and it's like she's even way over there. Like she's like, if she was in the G1, like, she'd be an average star rating, like, in the top, she would finish in the top three or five. Mm-hmm. So, um, for me, I'm, I'm thinking of that before I even go into this, and then I got these two matches, right? The two best matches of the tournament, uh, in my opinion. And, like, she goes up, and she, you know, she's holding up a trophy and all that kind of stuff, and it was just these great pictures and everything, and everybody's so happy for her. It was a great night, and, like, it made me think of, like, when, talking about that G1 thing, I just thought of, it made me think, of, like, before last year, before last year, before, like, from 2000, 2015, 2019, you, you would watch someone um win the G1, and you would think, like, this person is a fucking, fucking legend. This, fuck, this person's a fucking legend, right? And... Bro, I remember calling you the day... Of the 2016 G1, I watched that shit live in the morning when Kenny won that shit. I mm-hmm. was like, "Yo, 
this nigga's the nigga. Like <laughs> it was, it, it was like the same feeling I, I kind of had around Shuri. Like it was just like, yeah, yeah, man. And that's like, what I'm getting at. Like I watched this, and like I've watched. Um, this is my third Grand Prix. When Hannah won, I didn't feel that. I didn't even feel like she was one of the five best wrestlers in the company. She wasn't because she was. She was that wasn't what she was there for to be a super work rate wrestler. Utami won. Like when Utami won and then won the red belt, like if you go back and listen to our audio, like you hear me basically say, like I quite honestly thought Shuri should have been the one that have, that should have been uh, should have been the red belt champion before Utami. I said mm-hmm. you could hear me in the audio say that, like from November after November fifteenth uh, main uh, pay per view where uh, Mayu lost to lost, or dropped the belt over to Utami. I was like, I don't know. It seems like they could have went with Utami or went with Shuri and and put her on the back burner and to build her to this, but like Utami's the fucking greatest champion, but. That's not his point. Like, we're getting what I thought we were going to get, what we probably, quote unquote, should have gotten last year. And, like, when we get it, it's going to be fucking fantastic because, like, you look at this run, there is nobody more deserving of stardom. Uh, I don't know who else they could have possibly gotten out of anywhere in Joshi or the wrestling, women's wrestling world to put in this. Like, you could have put Asuka in here. Uh, you could have put either Asuka in here. <laughs> you could put either Asuka in here. You could have put uh, Risa Nakajima here, Nanai, Tsukashi Fujimoto. Miyu Yamashita, I, Mako, I, I don't give a fuck. It wouldn't have mattered. She is the best woman's wrestler in the world. This run validates it. Uh, her The match that she had with Utami in the title match uh, earlier in the year already was a, a fucking clue for you. Um, she's just great, and I can't wait for um, when she gets her title shot. Now, this is the interesting thing. So, early in the show, they announced that they're going to do not the year in climax, but they're going to do a final pay per view of the year at Sumo Hall on the 29th of of uh, December. So Shuri, after she wins, she says, "Like I want my title shot for the red belt, of course, um, but I don't want it at Osaka Joho. I want it at Sumo Hall." So like three weeks ago, when they announced it, like they're doing the Osaka Joho show, I thought that was a really short build. This is the build, and you have you almost have to feel, feel like, given the way people have been talking about capacities which uh in japanese uh, in japan this might be like the the show where like they actually get an unlimited capacity to uh to be able to try to sell as many tickets as possible and they gotta they, you know be trying to gun for try to sell that bitch out or, or try to get like five four or five thousand people in there and they have the, the time to actually build towards a card to do it adequately as opposed to yeah five weeks to do a soccer show <laughs> so um yeah man this is i mean they have it in place. They had the match already. They they've had two matches of uh their two of the best matches of the year. Um to uh to showcase what's happening. They're gonna fill the card around it. Like Shuri's fucking awesome. And like it's it's time to do it. Like Utami's had a great run, she's gonna continue to have a great run. She's going to face uh Takumi at uh Osaka Joe Hall um on the tenth of or ninth of, of uh sept- oh my god. The ninth of October. That match is gonna be a, a race to or a fight to get the five stars as well uh, from Dave Meltzer. Um, and then you look at, uh, after they did that promo stuff and said, you know, Shuri is going to take her title shot at December at Sumo Hall, um, Takumi and Utami run into the ring. Like, basically, it's almost like Takumi, like, grabbed Utami backstage and then drug her to the ring um, to get the title shot because they went to that draw um, during, the, during the Grand Prix. And they set that up for Osaka Joe Hall. And then... Um, Tam comes out, um, and then Tam comes out, and I was like, I started 
leering into my uh to my TV screen, right? And I'm like, is this gonna happen? And she says she wants to she wants to offer a challenge. And then I hear her say, Iwatani Mayu. I jump up. I raise both hands in the air like Rocky. <laughs> I've been waiting for this fucking match for months and months and months. I've wanted this match before Tam even won the white belt. That like I've been that and invested. Been scheming. Not even scheming. It's just like these two have to have a match. Like they've been building towards this particular moment. And I'll get to this in like previews for the pay-per-view when it happens uh, in two weeks. But like they've been literally building towards this moment and hoping that it could happen for three years. And like the amount of work that Mayu and Tam have done with each other to improve Tam in the ring uh, and Tam's work ethic to get so much better in like the last two and a half years to get to this point to where like this could happen. is just a great testament to those two in stardom and like i can't wait for that to happen uh but like you look at that you see osaka joe hall in two weeks red belt match utami and takumi white belt match mayu and tam or tam and mayu and just like and you see the rest of that who's sure he got on that show so she's got got uh, somebody lower konami okay so because she because uh konami you end up pinning her in the grand prix with a roll-up so they're going to have basically like a longer version of what we thought they could have had in um, Budokan Hall. Yeah. So they're going to have a big match. That's going to be awesome. That's that's So that's third from the top. Fourth from the top, if I remember correctly, is Hazuki's return versus Kaguma. Uh, fifth from the top is Hameka, Micah, and, and, um, Hameka, Micah, and Nasupoi versus Azumi, Momo, and Kamatani. Let's see. be a good show. <laughs> that's the that's the yeah that's the top five that, that top five is tough now the, the under five is like um I'm trying to think what is the under five uh the under five is or the the after i just said that that fifth match um fifth from the top uh the sixth from the top match is tag match between um mai and mina versus rin katakura and maria you i don't think you've ever seen maria before but um she's one of the one of those um 2018 rookie class mar- marvelous women She's good. I've seen her in Sealand, but they, they kept her low in the card, and she wasn't like uh, Mio Momono or Meiho Chizuki or um, uh, Makoto Shindo. So, and then uh, the second match is um, high-speed belt match. It, it, <laughs> it is Starlight Kid versus Death. Um, so, yeah, they set, so check this out. So, at the uh, one of the recent Korokan Halls, I believe, or one of the last shows before the Grand Prix pay-per-view, or Grand Prix final, uh, Konami comes out with <laughs> Konami comes out with death and says, "Hey, hey, 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 hey! Congratulations, kid, on being the the, the high speed champion. But um, you know, death has won a few matches against uh in the Grand Prix. She's on a hot streak, so she wants a challenge for the belt. And she also says that when she wins, that she wants to she wants a spread uh, a photo spread as a Gravor model." <laughs> When she said this, Starlight Kid had to turn the fuck away, had to turn 180 backwards to cover her face from laughing so hard. Like, she corpsed. Like, they should have sent the man for her. It was fucking hilarious. So they have that match, and the opener is um, Unagi versus Roaka for the uh, Futures title. So, like, you know, in the first three matches, you're going to probably see two really good matches. The first four matches, you're going to probably, uh, sorry, first three matches, you're probably see two really good matches. And then, like, you can honestly, like, the last five matches all could be great. 
all could be great. And then like last two matches could be ma- two match of the year contenders. So I am with it. Super happy. Um, the Budokan Hall show they did in March. This could be a better card, and that was one of that was one of the. Th- I still think that's the best uh, show I've seen from a bell to bell standpoint uh, this year. So, um, and this could top it. Um, I think I think they have the horses to top it. And this does not have like the seedling implants to to help it either. Like this company has grown and gotten bigger. Like obviously has some marvelous uh, stuff there, but um, they're only really relying on the two matches and like one is an undercard thing. So I, I think this is like Stardom is doing really gr- good. And um, so next uh, hey, next you, weekend, you you got any um any shots you want to send at um. <laughs> You know the, the non-believers, or I, I don't look, man. Um, no. Like you sent me it... a video. I, you sent me a video, and uh, I, I look. If you don't like Stardom, you ain't gotta like Stardom. That's fine. But I saw a video where someone complained about their builds, and then use as an example Tam versus uh, Kamatani as a re- as a weak build. I'm like, nah, man. Like she, like just basically, like fundamentally, like if you are in a tournament. And you beat a champion in a tournament where you, if you win the tournament, you get a title shot. And you beat the champion in, or beat one of the champions in, uh, Lutu winning the tournament. Like, that is your build. There's nothing else you have to do. You did it. You did it in the tournament, literally. Like, you beat the champion and this person beat a bunch of people to win uh, to win something to get a title shot. Like, yeah, honestly, that is literally somebody, your deal. Somebody else that beat the champ that didn't win could probably get a title shot. Say again? I said, and quite honestly, someone that beat the champion, someone else that beat the champion that didn't win, they too can right. get a title shot. Right. <laughs> Like that's how that's how that's how you get G one challengers all the time after at the back half before you get to uh Russell Kingdom. That happens all the time. Right? Like why do you think Monroe Suzuki keeps in these title shots because Okada? Um yeah, so let uh I just thought it was weird. Like I I didn't really listen more. I'm sure that I'm sure this person had um this person had points. Like there are things to criticize in, in stardom. They do too many fucking draws, they probably do too many um they 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 do too much booking to put everybody on the card, given the amount of shows they do, where they're probably better served. Is almost like doing an A show, B show, like split the rosters in half, and you go here, you go here. But um, for for you know, you do a Saturday show, you do a Sunday show, and then like alternate uh, the next week or whatever else. But like, as far as like they're building to big shows, nah, man, they kind of they kind of all make sense uh, for the most part. Um, and if you want to compare that to and they person said like they didn't they used to love Stardom and they don't like but if you want to compare that to like the the Kirkland halls that were effectively pay per views monthly pay per views like a couple years before they used to have match they used to have bills to matches that was like just like they were now right where there was only like three three matches really built to and everything else just like stuff they just threw on there yeah it's, it's interesting I'm I don't really know as much about you know the different sex of fans within the Joshi it's community weird. but I mean, um, it's, it's, it's a lot the Joshi community I'm like the gay community yeah exactly exactly so, yeah, it, it was just weird for me the, the, they're not weird for me it's like I think a lot of it is people are f- American wrestling fans and they tie on in general I don't mean like this person like had their reason for not watching Stardom and like there are reasons to not watch Stardom like if you just 
if you don't like the New Japanification of uh, Stardom and, and their matches going longer than they used to be, and it feels like they're trying to make super epic matches as opposed to um, kind of the things that kind of felt more organic, um, I can see that as a I can see that as a reason to not love it as much. Um, and the person that, and the person at the start of it did say like. I still like stardom. I just am not going to follow it left and right and watch every single piece of information like I used to. Like mm-hmm. she, this person said, basically, I'm going to become more of a casual watcher of stardom as opposed to someone like me that you know I'm trying to find any piece of information information about stardom that I can that's translated in English. So I think that's fair. Like they give you a lot of fucking content. They give you two shows. They give you basically four uh, four hours of shows a week on on time delay. Like. Of course, you know, Dr. Joseph got to stay up on, on on his stuff, you know. Um, but for me, it was just like, maybe put that at the end, that point, because that point didn't really make much sense. But whatever, this is one thing. But his thing was 20-something minutes. I was like, I'm not finna sit around for all that. Like, I, like I'm, I'm sure you got valid points for not wanting to watch all that wrestling. And, like, just saying that four hours of wrestling is a big commitment. It is. Like, that's enough just to say there ain't no reason to watch uh, Storm that much. And... I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna. Not nobody was saying I ain't gonna watch no four hours of any wrestling, <laughs> any wrestling. So, um, yeah. Also, I forgot to mention it last week. Uh, one thing, one big thing I wanted to mention, um, and I want to apologize to Lady C. Lady C at the September twentieth Cork and Hall. She got her first win. Um, mm-hmm. I, the reason I mentioned is because Lady C is much like Hook, as just like a fantastic meme wrestler. Oh yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to, I just wanted to, you know, give her a shout out because she was so emotional after she won, and she was so happy that she won. And it's like, yeah, I think when this stardom, stardom rookie or is somebody, or somebody in Joshi is a rookie, he's like, think of how many ass this person had to take, like how many ice baths, and you know, this person had to take to finally get their first win, and like. Um, it took her 10 months and I believe the record is still Mayu taking 11 months and starting to get her first win out of, out mm-hmm. of any rookie, uh, which is saying something. So like 10 months, she's going to get asked like people are people, you know, you see the improvement that she's made. She was rotten, uh, when she debuted in, uh, I think it was November last year. Now she can be carried to good matches, um, with the, with one of the, some of the very best wrestlers in starting. So like you can see the improvement. You wonder what's going to, I, I interested to see how she continues to go over the next, um, you know, next couple of years or whatever else, see where she ends up, but happy for her. So I just wanted to mention that on uh, on the way out as well. Let's go, Lady C. She was ready. I, she, I enjoy uh, a good meme the, uh, wrestler. Sorry? I, it depends on who it is. I enjoy a good meme wrestler. <laughs> I, I see. Like, I couldn't believe that you didn't know that, uh, that Star, uh, not Star, that kid, but, um, Death was it was a demon originally. I, I did not. I thought you knew. The only thing I, I have like kind of tying it to that was she was dressing like Gene Simmons before. Right, and right, right. The kiss demon and mm-hmm. whatever, but yeah. Um yeah, yeah. But Death would do do what she wants. When when is Death Red Belt match? <laughs> I okay, so I don't know if she's ever had a white belt or red belt match. I have to look that up. Uh, Cause you know, she's been with the company or she's been in and out the company for like, since the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, like she's like a, like a five or six time, uh, high speed champion. Um, so, so yeah, like that's right. She's, she's, you know, she's the most experienced wrestler on the roster. Obviously. Like she was wrestling in, she was wrestling in, um, I think she was wrestling NEO. 
like uh I'm trying to think where I forgot I can't remember where she started, but like she also wrestled NEO, um, and then transitioned over to stardom and then uh, you know, obviously she has her own wrestling promotion, uh YMZ that I've never I've only seen one match of, but um mm-hmm. but yeah, like, you know, she's 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 a really good fucking wrestler. Um I wish Dave Meltzer actually watched her in a real match uh once. Yes. Yes. I can't believe she thinks she stinks. That's crazy. Like, all right. But tell it before. Okay, sure. You <laughs> say so. Uh, anyway, that, is there anything else or that's the end of the show? That's it. All right. That's the end of the show. Be sure to raise on whatever app you're uh, using to listen this with. And thanks for listening. Oh, um, one other thing. Um, I want people to um, to stop making up things to explain things that have not been explained to them. What happened? This Keith Bearcat Lee thing has driven me insane for like a week, maybe more. What happened? Um, so I know, the, I know, no, 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 no. But what happened online? I know the Bearcat so, Keith so Lee thing. People have like taken it to say that Keith Lee has requested to do this. It's a tri- it's a tribute Keith Lee wanted to do to Bearcat Wright and all that, right? And I'm mm-hmm. like. Did Keith Lee give an interview about this? Did a report break anywhere that said this is the idea behind the character? Nothing. Like, people look, I'm seeing people with podcasts that have large Twitter accounts saying they are breaking out into tears um, and happy for the tribute or whatever. I'm like, yo. First off, I just got made aware by Rob Naylor, who was like a like I think he's some type of historian, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's barely any tape of Bearcat Wright, right, to begin yeah. with, right? Yeah. And then, like you know, I I knew the name. I didn't. I wasn't as familiar with his work, but he was like the. They say he's like the first black world champion in like the 50s and 60s, and like the LA area, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, cool. But like I just want people like I've I missed the part where Keith Lee laid it out where yeah this was what I intended to do or something like that. So people have run with this, right? And, and also when things go bad in WWE, a lot of times like WWE will will tell Dave Meltzer or Sean Ross Sapp or Ryan Sand that it was so and so's idea actually. And then, like, like for example, what, what happened with um, Ruby Riot and Natalia and um, and and, and um, Anvil and all that stuff, and, and Anvil being on the freaking uh, table. on the table, being uh, a life size cutout board on the table. It's like, and then he's like, "Oh, well, you know, it was Natty's idea," and then Natty comes out like, "It was not." Um, so, yeah, like I didn't even know that. I haven't heard anything about that ever leaking or coming out and saying it was them. Like for anything. me, it was like. It's stupid. Like for me, it was like, oh, okay, change the name. Who cares? Like they don't, they, they're not going to push him. So whatever, I right. don't care. And, and, and for me, and I'm like, that. I'm like, why do y'all assume that a it was this tribute when it the only thing it looks like if we're if we're using what it looks like, right? Mm-hmm. It looks like Vince McMahon tried to understand Keith Lee more because he's he's damn sure not had a clue so far. Mm-hmm. So like. He's tying him to this big black man he knew of in his youth. Like, that's that's what this kind of looks like. And it, 
they've reinvented his wrestling style. He did a squash with Dazawa tonight too. Um, I got sent a Can tweet. Can we get AEW? That'd be nice. Um, I got sent a tweet from from Tanya where he where Keith Lee sent out a like a vague kind of thing about it, and I'm uh-huh. like, all right, well, he's talking in riddles now. So like, I don't know what this is supposed to mean, um, but. I think people need to stop running with the, hey, he did this as, as a tribute. This is bringing tears to my eye type stuff. I'm Somebody like... Somebody really did that? Yes! Yes! They need to stop this cap. Please maybe, stop the cap. Maybe somebody's out here watching wrestling off the reel, bro. Like, bro, the projector reel. stop the cap. Like, like, this is... This man is WWE IP now Rich. because he's in the Hall of Fame and they and they rolled the name out. Like, this wasn't no gift from the family, like Powerhouse Hobbs. Like, they wanted to call him, like, say, hey, you're the new Butch Reed. Like, Rich. this isn't that. Rich, remember in, like, the Rocky movies when they had Mick watching tape off, off the reel? The projector? Yes. Like... Is this person watching like Bearcat right wrestling like off off the black and white reel to d- start crying like what? I, I seriously, I, I'm, I'm sure. Doubt pe- it. I'm sure people. I'm sure people still do that, but like those people are like less Thatcher, not like anybody else. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, I am going to send this to you, uh, and I'm I'm not going to put nobody on blast. But if you're on Twitter, you might have seen what I'm talking about. Um. <laughs> But it's uh, I would like I, I would like people to stop the cap. I would like people to just like how about we we make I'm, how about somebody ask Keith Lee about this like and try to get an answer on this. Hold on, bro. So I just looked at my Twitter um, account and I looked at notifications. I see that someone named James Brown is uh, liked our tweet that you put out to, to watch yes. the show on Twitch. Um, James Brown on Twitter. God damn it. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. <laughs> Wrap it up. So you skew. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, be sure to raise order app you're using to listen to this with. Um, also, uh, go to where it circle drops off of the donation if you so please. Also, uh, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash SoSuplex and pick up some official SoSuplex uh, network merchandise. Be sure to watch the other sh- or listen to other shows on the network. Uh, besides One Nation Radio, like Keeping It Strong Style, the Rick and Clyde Wrestling Show on Wednesdays. Uh, 200th Pro- episode for Keeping It Strong Style. Yeah. Um, I I think it's probably too late for me to send in my thing, but it's too late. Whatever. Uh, every other Wednesday, Grumman Watch the Shit. Thursdays, the Grave Consequences Podcast. Fridays, Epic 8 Bit Suplex. Uh, Saturdays, All Things Elite. And Sunday, Great Match Generator. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM.